Hey guys, this is Steven, and I want to say thank you to all of our supporters, and especially our Patreon supporters, that are going to get a lot of a lot of special shoutouts every episode, because it's you guys that keep us rolling. And now it's time to give back. On December 24th, I'm going to be going to Japan for about uh, 10 days, and I'm going to be going to a lot of different shows. On December 23rd, we're going to be having a raffle drawing to choose one lucky winner, where you're going to get a free Japanese t-shirt of your choice. This can be a t-shirt from Freedoms, from Big Japan, a Masashi Takeda shirt, Kasai shirt, a Bloody Christmas shirt. It's your choice. So this is going to be a raffle open to anybody subscribed to our, our Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash deathmatchnews. We have various tiers of, of support starting at, at $2, $3, and $5. So for just a, a small show of support, you can help me and Mike and keep us going as well as enter into a drawing to get an awesome gift. Everybody. Welcome to Deathmatch News Radio. This is episode number 14. Uh, we are recording this on December 14th and probably a little bit on December 15th, maybe. We'll see. And um, let's see, before we get too into it, uh, let's go over a couple of our, our, our plugs. First and foremost, of course, this is a listener-supported podcast. We have lots of people over on our Patreon who are keeping us afloat. Uh, I just want to read off their names really quickly. Uh, we have, you know, Christian, Jail, the, the the Jobber, Luther Reigns, Max Power, Thomas Clemens, and new subscriber Joseph Conicello. Um, so I want to give a big thank you to those guys. Uh, Joseph, specifically, he donated enough to uh, request a special... Uh, review of a video. Now, I wasn't able to watch this video, so it's going to have to wait until next week, but Mike did, but it's the $10 Wrestling Deathmatch Mafia Tournament. Uh, without spoiling too much, I think, Mike, you called it the worst thing that you ever saw? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I've seen backyard shows that look better. Awesome. Yeah. So next week, we will have a full review of uh, that show, and I can't wait. So if anybody, if you are listening to this show or any of the other shows on the Wrestling uh, Cult uh, Network, Podcast Network, and you think that we're just giving you some value, we're helping you, maybe you're listening to us on the drive to work, maybe you're listening to us while you're painting a fence, maybe you're listening to us while your wife is yelling at you for listening to too many podcasts, but if we're getting you through those annoying moments, maybe think about chucking a few dollars our way. Um... Before we go any further, Mike, if you want to let people know, what do you have going on? Hey, this is Mike. Um, as always, uh, you can catch me at the Deathmatch Cult uh, this Saturday. Uh, we're having our year-end award show and our Hall of uh, Death show. We've got some cool things planned, some surprises for that. Um, if you're a big Big Japan fan, come on, join the cult tomorrow. Tomorrow is Abdullah Kobayashi Day. I'm actually screening 20 Abdullah Kobayashi, day, uh, Kobayashi matches throughout the whole entire day on the Deathmatch Cult. So every hour, one or two classic uh, Kobayashi, uh, 445 Light Through 444, 450, uh, Scaffold with Ito, uh, the recent one with Takata, you name it, we'll have it on the Cult. We're doing a big uh, Kobayashi Christmas uh, celebration. Um, you can always catch me on the Strong Style Cult, which is converting to the Combat Cult. Uh, as Stephen said, uh, thank you to all the patron folks. I also want to thank everybody that goes to the Cult Network. 
the Wrestling Call Network and downloads our show and some of our other shows that we have on there, like uh, FM or excuse me, Kawasaki Dreaming, uh, Road Stories with Bucky, Bucky Hines, friend of ours. A uh, few other shows coming up soon too. The Combat Hulk podcast in January, uh, the Rejects. John Wayne Murdoch and Reed Bentley's podcast will also be coming up in January, so we got a lot of things going on there. Um, catch me on Twitter. Uh, you can catch me on Instagram, Will Michaels, a deathmatch cult on Twitter. I just want to shout out again to my, my friend Andy Lawler. Uh, there's a link on my page to GoFundMe because um, his wife was uh, very seriously ill, and, uh, you know, he's been out of work for a while, and she's been out of work. Um, but the good news is uh, she woke up, and things are looking good for them, so prayers and wishes were answered, so that's, that's awesome to hear. If you know in that spirit, and you know Andy, he runs a pro wrestling uh, and MMA page. He's a member of the Deathmatch Cult admin team, great guy, uh, very, very involved in the wrestling and all the pages. If you know Andy, you know, 5 10 $20, you can help these, this family out with I'm in need. Please do. It's a great cause. He's a great guy. Um, that's kind of all that I have. You know, please check it Saturday night, eight o'clock. Uh, join the call for a fun evening. Like I said, with the year-end awards and the uh, Hall of uh, Death ceremony. Um, I also want to, on a, a similar note, um, I I just want to shout out to David Grooms. David Grooms was a long time time fan of a lot of the Deathmatch wrestlers. You know, Marcus Crane made a post uh, that. You could always find grooms somewhere in the crowd when he was in town, and uh, sadly he passed away. He was dealing with a lot of different health problems and stuff, so you know uh, it's a small community. So we wish his family and friends nothing but the best, of course. Um, let's see the other plugs I want to get out of the way before we get started. Of course, uh, go 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 and check out our podcast cousins, the TA, the THT Hot Tag Podcast. Uh, Shaheen has also started like a kind of semi daily morning coffee uh chit chat on youtube and you can find that if you go to youtube and you search for nuclear heat graphics or if you search for the hot tag podcast you'll find that and um you know he covers a lot of the different deathmatch stuff he goes to a lot of the shows as a vendor selling a lot of the uh the nuclear heat graphics stuff and speaking of which um if we want to get right into it so um Shaheen was at the Cage of Death. I was able to watch Cage most of Cage of Death, not all of it. Um I'm guessing you were able to watch it, right? I watched the majority of it, yeah. Yeah, same thing. I watched most of it, yeah. So um this was like um I don't know. I I don't know if I want to call it like I don't want to make it sound more serious than it is. You know, CZW hasn't had the best year. I think everybody is now openly just saying that. And that's like the first step to changing it is now like, you know, we you know, you, <laughs> we, we've been talking about the DJ Hyde, Matt Tremont, her promo, but the whole promo was, was basically, look, CZW kind of sucks, right, you know, right now, so we got to do something about it, and um, I, I was told the Cage of Death was going to be in the ECW arena, and they would have the MJF RSP main event, I, I was told, told this a couple months ago, and remember, the person telling me was like, oh, dude, this is going to kill the fucking company, they're going to draw 200 people, they're going to just, you know, it's going to be the final show, basically, you know. And um, the show came and went. What was the date on Cage of Death? December 9th? Uh, the 10th, I believe. The 10th. Okay, it was Sunday, yeah. And, um, you know, they had MJF had to pull out because of a, an, an injury. I think MJF didn't even really care, to be honest, uh, but that's a different story. Um, you know, they had to switch up the card a little bit, but... 
They drew 650, 700 people. It was considered a pretty good show by everybody who kind of watched it. It was definitely felt like an older school CZW vibe. Um, before we get into the show overall, like I thought it was uh, pretty good. What do you think? I, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I really enjoyed the main event. I thought there were some really crazy spots. Um, I enjoyed I enjoyed this match better than Anita's last match. I thought he worked a little bit more. I, I thought he took some shots. Um, I, I thought he was maybe he was even healthier than last time. Uh, and obviously Tremont was healthier. Uh, I enjoyed the crazy uh, eight-person match. Uh, even some of the other stuff wasn't bad. Uh, the women's match was really good. Hard-hitting women's match uh, with Mercedes Martinez. Uh, really hard-hitting matchup. Uh, overall, I thought it was a good show. Uh, the last couple shows have showed some glimmer and the ultra-violent end. And, uh, you know, this show, uh, even John Silver, Rich Swan, Shane Strickland match was pretty good. Overall, it was a good show. I enjoyed it. I actually wanted to watch it, so I actually uh, jumped on High Spots again and did a bunch of networks so I could stream it live. And uh, it was a decent show. It was, uh, what is it, the best cage math? Uh, excuse me, cage death ever? No, but it certainly wasn't the worst. And definitely at a time where people are knocking down, uh, you know, give them a try. They're, they're, uh, they're kind of trying to give us what we want again. The last three shows, I thought they've made this approach. Like I said, three shows necessarily won't do it for me, but three shows in the right direction is good. I'm curious to see what will happen in April with them, best to best. I'm curious to see what they'll do with their February show. Um, you know, I'll go more in detail into it in a minute, but that was kind of my broad strokes. Um, okay, cool. So um, we'll just start. Um, I wanted to say a couple things. First of all, I just want to say the sound production was really poor. But I'm used to to I'm used to that. Like the commentators, like sometimes the commentators, the commentators were MLJ and who was the other guy? I can't remember. I don't remember myself. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. But anyway, they had MLJ and somebody, and MLJ. This was actually MLJ's best commentary, maybe ever. Uh, you know, he does a lot of commentary for goofy shows here and there, and he was actually really, really good on this show, and he was in a suit and looked pretty good and everything. Um, just, but it was just, you know, the commentators were a little low, or the, the crowd wasn't mic'd so well, but um, I just want to say that, you know, sound plays a big part in these things, and um, I really hope they get the sound leveled a little better next time. Um, I just, I just want to throw a, a future thing at you. Um, next week... After you watch Deathmatch Mafia, you'll feel like you just watched Gordon Soley and Jim Ross put on their greatest commentary ever with Cage of Death. Um, that, so it. the Deathmatch Mafia does that have does <clears throat> does the commentary have that guy who wears the big outrageous colorful I know is, suit? I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot a little bit on it now because it pissed me off. Um, there was a wrestler Boris who go okay. He not only did he make racist comments. He talked about wanting to screw a 13-year-old girl. That might be his gimmick, but it kind of disgusted me. I wouldn't pay a dollar for a deathmatch mafia ever if they ever ran a fucking show again. I think they're a bunch of idiots. Um, his commentary was disgusting. Already a shit fucking show that was absolutely terrible. Got even worse by this guy making references to Jewish people, making references to African-American people, uh, making references to a 13-year-old girl in the crowd. Um, maybe to catch a predator should look up this Boris Tuka. I don't care if that is your fucking gimmick. Um, it's disgusting. Uh, I wouldn't give them a dollar. I would take this, if you run out short on toilet paper, take this fucking show and wipe your ass with it. Awesome. I can't wait to watch this. 
Sorry, uh, sorry, sorry that I I bailed on you, Mike. I was supposed to watch this, and okay, I totally. I'm feeling very I, emotional. I wasted two hours of my life today. <laughs> watching that shit. And I'm glad I could because I think it's awesome what we're doing with the Patreon. But beyond the show, just his, his commentary was just disgusting. Disgusting. He's one of them softcore fucking asshole guys. I don't know if he's the guy that was naked in the last show doing the gay porn stuff. Which is fine, That's the, but not on a t- wrestling show. But he just made this disgusting comments. I mean, even you can tell the other announcer was embarrassed. Yeah, and that's all. I mean, I've been in situations like that where you're stuck with a guy. You know, it's it's like, so is this $10 wrestling, is it connected to Kevin Brennan and that whole operation, or is it separate? He was in a crowd, but I don't believe he ran the show. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know who's. I want to say Spider Bedrill booked it, but I don't think he was the owner either. Uh, because oh. Brennan said in an interview I did with him a while ago that the Death Smash Mafia guys wanted to work with him. So, no, I, I don't believe he owns it. He was in the crowd, but okay. I don't believe he owned it. And uh, I'm not for sure who the owner is. I'm not even sure if Spider was the booker. I think so, because the show was a pile of shit. But uh, just, yeah, it was just bad. Right. I'll, we'll talk about it this week, like I said. I've got very detailed notes. Yeah, I mean, I got a lot. Oh, I'll we'll watch it. Maybe we'll even do a little emergency show and put that up. We'll see. Um, Cause I now I definitely want to watch it just so we can bitch about it. But um, yeah, I was already I was prepared to do a two hour session on on. Uh, I mean, it's it's not even like Southern because you know I'll watch the Carnage Cup and there'll be some stuff I like because it's crazy, it's outlandish. But this was just pure shit. I mean, there was there was chair shots that were so weak. Poor Tracy Smother looked like he was going to fucking die. Well, Tracy First Smother off, Tracy shouldn't be Smother in a ring. Shouldn't be in a deathmatch tournament. Um, these guys had such weak chair shots. I mean, a, a guy landed a guy landed on a, a light tube and was fine. And a minute later, he landed on an empty box and sold it like the fucking atomic bomb. It was just the whole show plus the commentary. I mean, I, like I said, I think between the first three matches, I saw two actual wrestling moves. Well, let's save that. Terrible. Let's save that. I'll tell okay. you what. I'm going to do everything I can to watch it this weekend, and maybe Monday we can upload an emergency review of this crappy, <laughs> awful show. So. Oh, it was horrible. You, you thought the cage was bad in VOW? <laughs> you just you looked at the hell in a cell compared to this motherfucker. <laughs> All, All right. right. Well, H- we'll get into the H2O cage at the or soon, too. Um <laughs> Not oh, to yeah, say bad things, just similar cage setups, you know. But anyway, um, on a tasteful note, to change it a little bit, so CZW, they opened with a tribute to the troops. They played the national anthem. They had a, uh, I, I don't know military so well. I don't know if they were National Guard or military personnel. Yeah. I have no idea. National but, Guard. Um, national Guard, okay. I thought so. I, I just didn't want to say anything. M- my brother's in the the Air Force, and he'll he'll give me these looks and be like, they're in the Air Force, not the the Navy, Stephen. You know, it's like I don't know the military, man. I'm sorry, but anyway, um, yeah, it was a nice very very classy opening. Um, yeah, a lot of shows don't do that. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, um, the first match was jo- uh, Jordan Oliver defeated Casey Nav- Navarro. This was my first time seeing either of them in full in 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 a full match. You know, I've seen them in gifs and on Twitter and stuff. Um. So this was my first time seeing them. Jordan Oliver is kind of like the next big thing to them, right? I think so. He's come through their school. Um, this wasn't a bad match. 
Um, you know, it wasn't a bad match. Yeah, he's part of the Young, Rich, and Broke movement. But he's been doing some other indie shows recently, too. I think he was in Chikara. He's done some other stuff recently. Uh, so I think he's, like, their next their mold. You know, the, over the years, they've had their Adam Coles and their David Stars and people that kind of come move on. So I think, you know, he might be one of those guys. So, um, so okay, so, um, so first of all, I just want to say a few things. And I'm not trying to be negative. I just want to <clears throat> say everything out front, right? One of the complaints about CCW is that they've changed from Combat Zone Wrestling into Dojo Wars in a bigger building. That it's mostly that they, it's mostly the students that are stacking the card. And Jordan Oliver. And the the other thing, most of these students, there's no other way to put it. They're just really young and really skinny, right? And Jordan Oliver, um, so, okay, so first of all, the good. Good match, good match, you know what I mean? Um, they had some botches here and there, but overall it was a good match. They had good heat. Jo uh, Jordan Oliver got busted open pretty, or I'm sorry, KC Navarro. Which one got busted open? I think it was Jordan Oliver. Jordan Oliver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, jo you know, Jordan Oliver got busted open. They were exchanging, it was a lot of story building, actually. It wasn't just moves, moves, moves. It was a lot of story building because... Uh, Jordan Oliver has this crew with them, and they were doing a lot of like heel heel um, tactics and 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 antics and stuff. Went like seventeen minutes. I mean, I actually thought it was a, a pretty good match, but like his little crew, everybody looks like they're fourteen, and he himself looks barely. I mean, he they they just look like young, skinny dude. It's the Kevin Nash line of you don't look like a wrestler. You look like a fry cook. You know what I mean? So I don't want to sound like too much of a dick. And um, it was a good match. And Jordan Oliver looked good. And he plays a really good heel and stuff. But the whole group of him and his crew, they looked like they were going to, um, you know, to steal Bud Lights before the, the junior prom or something. But really good match. <laughs> good opener. Um, and, um, yeah, pretty good opener, I thought. De definitely. Decent match. Uh, you want to stop recording? No, no, not at all. No, I, I need you to, uh, Slack, just, Slack's ready. Well, okay, cool. Um, well, okay, well, I don't want to waste too much of your, your, your time, and, but, uh, so, um. Oh, I'm, I know, I'm I gonna... don't care, man. Like I said, once I'm not <laughs> tattooing, I don't give a shit, man. You know, I, I got nothing better to do. Awesome, cool. Um, well, okay, cool. Um, so we're just, I don't have anything really planned. I, I just wanted to talk to you cause you sound like such a fun guy and you got like, and you've been watching this deathmatch shit for forever and you're like a big fan like us, right? Yeah, of course, man. I fucking live for this shit. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, okay. Well, Hey, um, all right guys. So as you can tell, we're joined by Schlack. Um, I don't think I need to introduce you at all. I mean, in my opinion, you had like one of the best first, you know, two or three years. How long have you been doing this for, uh, uh, so far? Uh, professional wrestling or death match? Uh, we'll say professional wrestling. Okay. Same amount as death match. <laughs> um, I, I, I think I'm about four years into it now. Something like that. I mean, my first match had tables and chairs in it. <laughs> That's like pretty fucking unheard of, you know what I mean? But um CZW knew exactly you know what I wanted to do and I knew exactly what I wanted to do and they just threw me in fucking head first, you know what I mean? My first match was against 
Dan O'Hare, my tag team partner, uh, and it was a tables and chairs match. <laughs> and and so I'm just curious when you're going through the train because I'm actually doing an, an, an interview with a um, uh, a Japanese guy right now, and I asked him I'm like, when you're doing the the training and you're in a class of like say eight people. And you're obviously the deathmatch guy. Like, are you treat like what is different about your you know your training versus if you're training with a guy like you know a Jordan Oliver or something? Right, right. Um, well, I, I CZW teaches you everything, man. You know, I it was you know I the, you tend to get you know <clears throat> held and handed off to like the type of wrestler that you, you know, are prospectively about to become, you know, like Gulak helped me out a lot. Masada helped me. Um, the guy Preacher, he helped me a lot. Uh, you know, you, you're taught pretty much everything, all different styles. You know, I was fairly lucky, man. I got a, a good, like, I can actually go and work normal matches pretty good, but people don't see it too much because they just want to see Schlack bust his fucking head open and make people bleed, you know, and throw things. But I actually have a huge fucking collection of fucking moves that I don't even use, you know. But it, it's pretty much about the same, you know. I just don't give a fuck about my body as much, so I just throw myself into things. So training's pretty much the same. Cool. Yeah, yeah. We've been talking a little bit. I'm really interested because, like, you and me, we're both doing the world travel stuff, and I'm really interested in your backstory with that. One day, not now, but one day. Um, yeah, yeah. Of course, man. Yeah, cool. So, um, I've got one more question, then I'm gonna hand it off to Mike. But, um, the first time I ever saw you, you were doing a concert, I think, at the Carnage Cup or something, and you got in a fight with uh the Necro Butcher, right? Like. Yeah, yeah. How did that you get into bad. doing the death matches during the concerts, and and how did you like? What was that? All right, that was a band. Um, Eat the Turnbuckle. I was in. Um, that band was basically a collective of about three retired indie workers and a couple dudes that eventually went and got some rough training uh, in wrestling to uh, put together like a fucking crazy local Philadelphia, South Jersey area, like super group. Everybody in the band has been in another band previously that would do like a Gigi Allen type stage show and bleed all over the place and shit. And everyone is a super, you know, fucking wrestling fan because we're all from like the Philadelphia, South Jersey area. And that's pretty much the birth of American hardcore wrestling, you know, give or take right for ECW, CZW, all pretty much from this area. So we're all huge fans and we all put this together. We handpicked all the fucking Looney Tunes. We put them all together in a band and started like a legit underground hardcore wrestling band. You know, not like the, you know, the Macho Man Elbow. We got songs called like the Muda Scale and shit like that. Shit that you really got to be a real fucking you know, have a love for professional wrestling and independent underground wrestling and shit like that. And we're like, dude, let's, you know, do fucking wrestling spots and shit while we're playing. And dude, I did that for like 10 years and that shit got me pretty much all over the planet. And as the ball cut, you know, kept rolling and people started hearing about it, like indie workers would come out and they would get involved in the show and shit. And then, you know, slowly move up the ladder. Like we had like, it was like eat the turnbuckle versus balls Mahoney eat the turnbuckle versus, you know, eventually necro butcher was, uh, at the Guar for the band Guar. 
<laughs> and um, you know, it, it evolved into this fucking monster. And so I, before I even got trained, you know, fully trained as a professional wrestler, I had ten years of fucking under my belt of, you know, pretty much killing myself doing wrestling, you know, fucking spots and shit like that. And then eventually I was like, dude, it's time to put the fucking icing on the cake. And that's why I hit up DJ and I did a tryout. And, you know, I was like a CZW wet dream because they knew what I wanted to do. And I didn't care about doing it. You know, I knew a, a good portion of the fucking workers and shit already because of, you know, them coming out to the shows and stuff like that. And now here we are. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, Mike, if you want to go ahead, go on. <clears throat> yeah. Now, now, if you look back at old CZW shows, you can even see you in a crowd or G- Stan GI. Um, you can see you in doing security and stuff. Um, you know, when what was your first CZW show you went to? Do you remember? Oh man, dude, I I've been like my family is from the Philadelphia area, um, and they were in the South Philly Vikings like the um, New Year's Parade Brigade. And so when I was younger, that was the Vikings, South Philly Vikings would practice at Viking Hall for ECW. So I would go to ECW shows when I was like a real young teenager. And um, then I started going to CZW shows because I heard about that stuff, you know, all because my family was there. So I caught on to wrestling and extreme wrestling fairly young. Um, My first CZW, fuck, man. Oh man, I can't even tell you. It's been so long. Honestly, I was just scrolling through my phone and like, or not through my phone, through my Facebook the other night. And I'm just going through pictures. Like, I think I started a Facebook in 2010, I think it was. And I'm like, there's pictures of me and June Kasai when he did like his return show at the the Viking Hall and shit. And I didn't even go back beyond that. I mean, like I said, I've been going since like 2002, maybe. I always joke because you can see the the less tattooed slack the farther you go back. <laughs> right, yeah, right. So, exactly. so the progression you can see it. There's a really young slack, and there's a yeah. And the arena is just about the greatest place. I, I went to. I think I was at the arena 20 times for ECW and a shitload of times for CZW. So that fucking place is gold. Oh yeah, man. It's it's not it's not the same monster anymore. No, unfortunately, but. You know, the, the old, when they had, the, like, the bird's nest and shit, man, the fucking yep. arena was awesome. Yep. Yep. There's some crazy spots off that bird's nest, too. Now, yeah, you're a, obviously, you've been doing a metal thing for years, and I'm a big metal head, too. Um, you, you actually can say uh, you did a death match in front of 5,000 people, which most people can't say. Um, if you want to talk about that at all, I know you were at the Obscure Festival in uh, Czech, the Czech Republic. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, uh, with the with the skull, evil skull. Yeah, that uh, that was um, obscene extreme festival in uh, Czech Republic. <laughs> yeah, that, that was crazy. You know, the guy spoke zero English, <laughs> so it it was you know, uh, I, it, and it was right before I was playing a set with Eat the Turnbuckle. So basically, I did it was like a fucking death match tournament, pretty much. And it was right before I. I basically, I did two death matches in a row, and <clears throat> they really ate that shit up, man. I'm, that festival of scene extreme, uh, you know, flew in eat the turnbuckle, and they literally put a ring on the stage, yeah, uh, just it. for us in particular. And he was like, "If I'm paying for this fucking ring, may as well, you know, have like a wrestling show before it." And he got 
you know, the local promotion to uh, put together a show and then to like slack, you know, have a death match. For a while. I'm like, fine. Uh, but yeah, that was fucking awesome experience, man. I'm sorry, cool. real quick. What what year was that? Um, that was probably uh, not this year, right? No, no, no. That was probably okay. Like I was living there ago. over the, like, the summer, so I was curious. Yeah, no, I was like, it was like right at the very end of my training, like literally, probably like. Seven matches into my <laughs> wrestling career. Wow, cool. Yeah, like I said, I've been thrown to the fucking wolves, man. You know, because I, I've been in punk bands since I was about eighteen years old, breaking shit over my head, and then, like I said, I did that band, and a couple other bands, and then the wrestling band, and wrestling training. You know, the only thing I've ever wanted to do is crazy deathmatch shit. Like NXT's cool, you know, stuff like that's cool, but. I, uh, I, I know what I was built to do. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I, I know my role. Absolutely. So everyone just projected me right. CZW helped me learn and projected me towards it. And GCW used me properly and put me where I needed to go. Definitely. Um, obviously, you know, you can just tell that you're a, a GG Allen fan. Uh, just by your show, and I know you've talked about it before. Um, what other kind of musical bands that you know influenced the young Slack? You know, growing up, obviously you're in the Philly scene, big hardcore and punk scene. You know, who, who kind of the bands that influenced you? <coughs> um, I, I mean, I'm dude. I, I a huge death metal fan. I like grind. I like punk. You know, but yeah. early punk man, the Exploited. I was a huge fan of the Exploited. I mean, still am, obviously. It's like super punk. You know, everyone had like a two foot green and red mohawk. You know, everyone had like a super like cockney accent. Can't understand what they're saying, even though they're speaking English still. <laughs> uh, big fan of the exploited. Uh, I mean, Deicide was a huge, like, probably my favorite death metal band ever. I've seen Deicide four times over the years. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're probably, they're probably one of the tightest bands I've ever seen live. Yeah. Uh, and I've had the lucky, you know, uh, I've had the luck of seeing massive amounts of bands because I've toured sure. so much in my life. Sure. Yeah. Deicide, or I remember uh, we were outside of a show in Florida smoking a joint with the Dumber years ago when they were first uh, first coming out. After they changed from Amen to Deicide. Oh yes, oh, dude, the fucking Hoffman Brothers were awesome. Man. Yeah, yeah. Shame they left, but they're still cool. But yeah, they're definitely those first couple albums. And once upon a cross, just fucking yeah. killed everybody. Just oh, uh, yeah. did you see? Did you see Pat O'Brien? What happened to him in the news? Yeah, yeah, crazy, <laughs> crazy. I saw his mugshot. Don't even look like himself, dude. He had like scabs all over his face. He had to yeah. be. He's probably fucked up on crack, man. That's yeah. They said he had flamethrowers in his house that caught on fire and yeah. a bunch of ammunition and shit. Yeah. He said the fucking fire, like, he must have been real high on crank, and then he accidentally lit the fucking house on fire. Yeah. And, and then he had so much ammunition in the house, the fire was setting off the fucking rounds, yep. and the fire company couldn't put the fucking fire yep. out because the rounds were firing outside. Yeah, the guy's house he broke into, he told him that Armageddon was coming, and he hid in the guy's fucking closet, and <laughs> yeah. They had a big thing. I was watching it online tonight, the news thing. Dude looked rough when he came out for the court. They had him in a suicide vest all tightened up and shit. Yeah, dude. 
Uh, usually, like bands will like put out like um you know like a GoFundMe like hey and Cannibal Corpse hasn't put out a like reposted his GoFundMe. It only has like five hundred bucks on it. I mean, I guess you know they're like embarrassed or the yeah. Metal Blade Records is like saying don't yeah. fucking you know. Yeah, the drummer's wife put it out. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> it sucks. It's not like he's like you know fucking raped a kid or something or yeah killed a bunch of animals. Like the guy had a bad yeah. day. He didn't even hurt anybody in the house. They said right, he was right. more or less confused, and I mean, he's got a problem. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you well, know, the climate nowadays—he's going to get yeah. crucified. So they're like ten million worse things he could do. If he raped a kid, he would only get six months. They'll probably put him in prison for five years because of our bullshit. Yeah, right. Exactly. Over fucking illegal firearms. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he's got—he's got a problem. You can see. I mean, you look at a picture of him a couple years ago and see him there. You can tell he was. Still tweaking out on something, but <laughs> yeah, uh, man, that's unfortunate. And what a what a strange thing with him too, going from Nevermore to Cannibal Corpse. What a a big uh, a jump. <laughs> Cannibal Corpse really drug him through the mud. It looks like. <laughs> yeah, well, I saw him with Corpse. I didn't. I remember seeing Corpse way back because I'm in upstate New York and they're well, Buffalo originally. I remember seeing him way back in Syracuse back in the day. You know, first or second out, like Butchered Birth and craziness. Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, like I said, uh, other bands, man, <clears throat> I, I like Repulsion a lot. That's a huge influential band to me. Uh, Rigor Mortis. Okay. You know, I, the list goes on and on and on and on. You know? But if it's extreme and if it's fast and it's about like tearing corpses and shit apart, nine times out of ten, Young Schlack would like it. <laughs> nice. Now, do you still tour with a, a band now? Uh, I, mean, I mean, I only really have time for like one band and I, I can't put as much time into it you know my window for wrestling is only so big and sure like, i can't do the wrestling band right now i mean it'll come back maybe eventually we we're talking about doing a reunion show because so many people fucking asked me to do it um we we're thinking about like doing a bunch of no ring matches when eat the turnbuckle does the reunion show uh get casanova involved and all that shit nice nice um but uh, I, yeah, I've been touring or I've been playing with the Myler Van Crack House for right now, you know, because the you know I really saved the blood for fucking the ring right now, you know. But um, we just released a seven inch Smoke Crack in Hell, uh, that came out on Hard Pain Gore Death Records, and uh, it's on sale now. <laughs> definitely, yeah, uh, I definitely uh, dig uh, your matches and your style, and uh, you know. Yes, Nova Christian is listening. I love his promos, but Slack is still the best. Fuck God, I appreciate promos. Look, holy fuck! I can just watch the old GCW promos over and over. It, it's a lost start, man. You know, I remember when I was a kid. I that that was like my favorite part of wrestling. I remember watching yep. Saturday morning WWF, and you know, I, I remember the matches. You know, but the older I got the more I started analyzing, you know, the technicality aspect of the matches and stuff like that. But sure. my first memory in my head is, you know, the ultimate warrior screaming in front of some fucking crazy screen screen background, <laughs> you know, talking shit, doing promos. That's like, so I'm surprised a lot of people don't key in on that. That's who I was thinking of when you mentioned that. Cause I can remember that crazy one where he's going to drive an airplane into the sun and kill Hulk Hogan. And yeah, it's awesome, like dude. for four minutes, just, fucking spewing nonsense out of his mouth you know he didn't even know what he was talking about but as a kid it was great yeah it was, it's, it's all about yeah. it's all about Definitely. the intensity man <laughs> you got it i always think of the uh one of the viking cowboys and canadians 
Oh, <laughs> fucking great, great stuff. So like I said, you're a, you're like the Ric Flair of our age for promos. <laughs> uh, I appreciate that, man. I'm uh, there. I'm gonna do a couple more. You know, I've been doing the fucking um, Instagram promos right now because I've been getting a little lazy. But I got a couple pretty high profile matches coming up earlier this year, and I'm gonna make a couple real good like old GCW promos where I really put the time in and edit them fucking things together and make them real stupid. <laughs> they were gold. Um, um, go ahead, Stephen. Yeah, so speaking of that, so I just kind of want to go over it. So, you know, uh, so Game Changer Wrestling, you know, their 2017 was just massive and it really reinvented death matches for a lot of people and stuff. And you were really a, a big part of that. You know, you, you were part of that game changer world place that now it's not there. What was that 2017 like, you know, and like, did you know that it was going to be this like legendary run of shows for that company? I mean, I didn't, we, no one intended that to happen, but you know, you could feel that some magic was happening. I remember a specific conversation. I sat down with Brent and I was like, man, you know, right now, see these like all these shows because every show was like getting fucking crazier and crazier, and everyone in the back was trying to out crazy each other. And you know, it's like you got a show with like six fucking insane matches that could headline any other show would been perfectly fine. But it's like back to back to back to back to back. And I remember sitting down talking to Brent. I was like, you know, those like old like mid-90s ECW VHS tapes you had that you would, like, trade or, like, uh, fucking FMW, like, Japanese fucking old tape trading VHS tapes, and that shit was gold to you, and you were like, dude, you oh, you like wrestling? Well, you gotta check out these, right? You know what I mean? You would hand them off to your friend. I was like, you know, in 10, 15 years, this string of shows from the Game Changer world is going to be that, like, you know, equivalent to that VHS tape, you know, those tape trader tapes. But you you could definitely feel it when we were doing those shows. But, um, that's such a great way to put it because, yeah, that's definitely what it's going to be. Because even now, so, okay, so so right now, you know, uh, the company is really evolving, I guess, if you want. They're changing the game or whatever. You know, they're doing a lot of, uh, they did the show in, LA they're they're doing a lot more I don't know if, I don't know if the word is mainstream stream shows but they're just trying to branch out to get a bigger audience or whatever and um, you know you and Marcus Crane and a few of the other their guys you haven't been on all of the shows like do you have any like feelings about that about the way the company's changing oh, yeah. <laughs> um I don't honestly I don't even think that was intentional I think based on Game Changer World getting lost, it projected the company to go in the direction it's going in currently. If Game Changer World didn't get lost, I think we would still be doing, you know, fucking Art of Wars every single month. But because the venue got lost, and, you know, how hard it is to find a fucking venue, especially you can't run in Philadelphia because you can't use light tubes and shit like that. You, you can't run in New York and you can't do shit like that. Um, you don't want to run in Delaware because it's too far and the people won't come out there. So you kind of have to run in Jersey. <clears throat> um, so it's hard to find uh, um, a solid fucking venue. So because they lost Game Changer World, you know, they got the uh, the compound and you can only do, you know, such a big show in the compound because it was limited space. So they started putting normal, you know, uh, regular run matches and just hardcore matches and less death matches. 
and you know, he he made a mountain out of a molehill. It was a bad situation, and they started, you know, this Janela spring break and and all that, blah blah blah. And now we're we are right the current moment. I think it was because of the situation it got projected there, and it really worked out well to GCW's benefit. So, you know. Whether it was intentional or not, I can't tell you. I mean, listen, I obviously would love to be on every fucking show and, you know, run 150 miles an hour into a wall for everybody every single month. You know, but that's not necessarily the case. You know, it, 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 I personally like deathmatch heavy, but I think there should be a couple normal matches. You know what I mean? Uh, To break up the monotony. I think, you know, eight death matches in a row kind of, you're killing it for the headliner because what the fuck are you going to do by the time you get to eight? You know what I mean? Uh, so there should be a couple, but you know, in turn, I think maybe possibly on like the bigger, like Janela shows, maybe there should be a couple death matches on those shows. Like the Asbury park, unfortunately there's no fucking glass there, but you know, I, I think I kind of like that. You know, there's a couple high flyer. There's a technical match. There's three death matches. You know what I mean? If there was a, a fucking crazy match with a whole bunch of glass added to those Asbury Parchos, I think that would be probably GCW's best bet for longevity. Um, and one more, like, uh, you know, okay, so back in March, and I don't want to put you on, on the the spot, and you can say whatever you want, but, you know, back in, in March, April era, or, or, or time period, um, you know, a couple guys started started disappearing, you know, GCW and Combat Zone, they were sharing a lot of guys, and then, like, you know, Mance Warner was going to be on a compound show, and he pulled out, and there was a lot of talk that Combat Zone zone uh they wanted guys to be branded as their guys and they're lo- and and it was like look it you know we can't have t- two companies sharing the the same roster um like was there any truth to that because it's a lot of fans talking and a lot of he said she, you know you know she said so what happened in that time period between the two companies <clears throat> all right well i think um CZW, I think DJ has it in his head that um, I like kind of like how John ran early CZW. How how pretty much all those guys were pretty much strictly CZW guys. Like, where did you see the wife beater? Maybe IWA every once in a blue moon. You know what I mean? So they were pretty much strictly CZW homegrown guys. You know, and I think DJ has that in his brain that that's you know kind of a possible thing to do nowadays you know without contract signing and I, you know the independent promotions uh, I mean everyone's like kind of like their own individual promotion nowadays because of the internet you know and you're all independently working the independent wrestling is truly independent now you know what I'm saying like you could hold your allegiance to a promotion and be like this is my fucking home base but you're pretty much a fool if you don't expand and and go all over the place because you're you could do that now. You're your own booker now. You know what I'm saying? There's so many fucking hot promotions right now. Why the fuck would you not go all over the place? You know, whether it be trying to make a buck or you fucking love wrestling or you just like fucking violence like me. You know what I mean? Uh, whatever the case you're doing it for, I, I don't see why you wouldn't expand. And I think DJ has it in, in his head that he needs his homegrown or strictly CZW guys. And I'm sure he, you know, he had a 
stick up his ass or was a little fucking bitter because of, uh, you know, the shoot run in and shit with fucking Nikki at that cage of death. So he probably got real butthurt over that on the cop, you know, on top of that. And, you know, and then the guys, a lot of the guys were like, no, fuck that dude. I'm not working for, you know, uh, you're not going to tell me who I can work for. No, I can't. If I was under contract and I was getting a, a fucking monthly salary, you know what I'm saying? Then sure. You know, look at PCO. Sure. Fuck. He just, you know, he canceled all of his fucking bookings except for the GCW one, because that's going to be fucking amazing by the way. Uh, you know, he, he canceled all his bookings and now he's got a fucking contract that he's getting paid, you know, a nice steady fucking pay. But a lot of these guys, you know, I fortunately, you know, have other means of income, but some of these guys just wrestle. And, you know, if you're not going to be fucking paying this guy the money you're taking out of his pocket because he can't go work to a company that you don't like for some odd reason, you know, how is that fucking fair to him? You know, this guy's got to pay his bills just like you do. So the guys, you know, the, the sea parted and a lot of the dudes took off like fucking Joey, you know, was like, fuck this. And, you know, CCW got the couple guys that stayed loyal to them. And a lot of the dudes went to GCW, you know, not to mention GCW is handing out opportunities like, you know. So, I mean, you, you pretty much see it for, with your own eyes. It's pretty obvious. Yeah, I mean, it, it paid off for Mance. You know, Mance is now the fucking dude and stuff. But, I mean, I, when it was going on, I was I was kind of, you know, people were kind of kind of whispering to me about it. And I was like, why would you stay in Combat Zone Wrestling? You know, like, from a fan's point of view, it just doesn't look like it's on the up and up, you know. Um, especially 2018. 2018 wasn't good to them, you know. Um, but, oh, well. Um, yeah, um, I, I, you know, they were, they were loyal. I mean, you know, some people, you know. Maybe some people felt they made a mistake. Some people didn't feel they made a mistake. I think when Sammy was in there booking, I was I think it was like um, going a certain direction, you know. And I I don't think that direction was kind to uh, deathmatch workers, if that's what you're implying. You know what I mean? And uh, well, and fans now that, too. Now, you know, fans now that, too. Now that Sammy's now that Sammy's not in the picture anymore, I think DJ is realizing that his company might fucking completely sink if he doesn't get back to what the fucking fans want to see. So I think he's like throwing in more death matches and people are responding to it. And, you know, luckily dudes like fucking Mance are there to pick up the slack and, you know, Dan O'Hare and, and they're fucking killing it. Good for them, man. Those guys fucking deserve everything they got. Cause they fucking work hard to bust their ass. Absolutely. Uh, Mike, if you want to take over. Sure. Um, speaking of CZW, uh, obviously you didn't wrestle there for a while. Uh, you appeared at Terminal Death last year unadvertised. I'm just curious how that happened because obviously you weren't there for a while. You did like a one-off and then we didn't see you there again. All right. Well, um, <clears throat> I guess the tournament was, um, posted, you know, all the guys in there, uh, they had, I know a lot of people, I guess, didn't have uh, faith in, uh, the young Crop, or I wouldn't say young, just not, you know, over the top names in deathmatch at the current moment in time. You know what I mean? They were kind of a lot of unused new faces to the area, <laughs> I guess, to like CCW in general. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people were responding to it well, you know. And and I, you know, I, I learned, I trained at CCW, and I, you know, that was my first match was there. You know, I, I love fucking CCW. I've been going to it since I was a fucking kid. You know what I mean? I got no fucking hard feelings over the company. 
<clears throat> but um, <clears throat> so uh, more or less, you know, I think it was not getting a good response. So I'm like, I got it was a higher gun. You know what I mean? They, right. I got fucking you know hit up and hey Slack. Uh, I asked all the boys. The boys, you know, don't mind if uh you entered the tournament because you know at that time he didn't want fucking people doing you know both companies. Right. Well, I think DJ's getting a little more laxed on that now. As yeah. you can tell with Jimmy. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, you know, so uh, I, I, they were like, the boys say it's cool, you know, because everyone likes you, so blah, blah, blah. So I was like the fucking hired gun. So I came in. And, I mean, I was really fucked up at that time, too. I shouldn't have actually been doing it. <laughs> but because uh, that, that fucking King of the Death match when the filing cabinet went to right, right. I mean, Tournament of Death was literally, what, three weeks after that? You know, and yep. the, the week before that, I wrestled fucking Marcus at NGI. Yeah. You know, so I, it was like I shouldn't even been walking. The fucking thing was bleeding for like a month and three weeks. And I I went in the ring like two weeks later and did NGI. And then I fucking did uh, tournaments after. But, um, you know, it was the fucking hired gun. I went in, did my job, you know. And luckily, I mean, honestly, I don't even think they fucking needed me. I think the tournament was good. I think it's the best TOD in probably four years. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm arguably, I, I, I can't deny that either, man. I thought it was really good. Everyone went in there. You know, that's what you get for fucking underestimating the underdogs. You know, yeah. people that are hungry and really want something are going to fucking go crazy and they're going to fucking kill themselves. Yeah, sometimes the best tournament is, is eight young guys than eight old guys because young guys got more to prove. Some of your old guys right. have whole punches, injured, and things, you know, add up. I mean, sometimes these no names will fucking just blow your mind, you know? Right. I mean, uh, slack. Right. Isn't that anything in life, man? You know, when you expect yep. something, it's never the fucking result you always expect. It's when you're not giving a shit is when it pops out of nowhere and you're like, oh, shit, where the fuck? You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. Now, um, I've heard bits and pieces. Of, so where exactly was the deal with the final cabinet? Did it go right through your leg? I mean, it was crazy. <clears throat> um, It was me versus Gage versus Murdoch. Yeah. And um, it's like second round of the tournament or something. Yeah, it was second yeah. round, and I choke bombed Murdoch on top of the fucking filing cabinet. It was like a three drawer filing yeah. cabinet, and uh, you know you take out the drawers, and there's the partitions between the drawers, and the partition is like a one inch by one inch square pole. You know what I mean? Yeah. Separating the drawer slots. Well, choke bomb on the fucking filing cabinet on its side. I sat out on it. Boom. The fucking bar burst right through the sheet metal and went through the back of my leg about four inches deep. Uh, I didn't even really feel it, but you know, fucking death match, you know, right. like a, in the fucking zone there. I don't feel anything at that point. You know, when it's all over, that's when I feel everything. But I like I sat up and I can feel it slowly pull out of my leg, and then all of a sudden it felt like I pissed myself, like or someone threw hot coffee in my lap, and I fucking I was like, whoa, that's not bad. You know, I mean, that's not good. I, I've been bleeding buckets since I was like 18 years old, you know, and I know my blood level and it just, my pants got wet real fast. I was like, that's not good at all. So I, I finished the fucking match out like another, like three, four minutes. And I knew it was bad because after I got pinned, cause it was like a, you know, a elimination pin. After yeah. I got pinned, Murdoch's like, yo, thank you for fucking do finishing the match. Now go in the back and get that fucking fixed. So I knew it was bad when Murdoch said something, and I rolled out of the ring, and I drug myself to the back, and I sat in the fucking back, and 
it was pouring like that black viscous blood just pouring out of my fucking pants on the floor. And I turn around, I was like, yo, I need a fucking ambulance. And everyone's like, yeah, it's like, you know, I don't go to the hospital, dude. You know, I right. mean, I, unless I'm internally bleeding, I, you know, and I just knew it was just pouring. And there was a puddle on the floor. And then the, the uh, EMT on site there for the, the, the show, they came in the back and they had like fucking four belts around my thigh, you know, trying to like cinch my fucking, you know, carotid artery off, to right. like bear down on the belt before the fucking uh, ambulance got there. And finally, like 25 minutes later, <laughs> I could have fucking dropped dead. I could have bled to death. They finally put me in the ambulance. I got to the hospital, stitched me up and, you know, now I'm walking. Isn't that crazy? All the crazy death match items you think of, you don't think of a filing cabinet doing that. Isn't that fucking well, Right, right, right. Death <laughs> Dude, light tubes, fire, barbed wire, skewers, bats. Right, right. Filing cabinet would be the... Right. Be the one well, well, I got Swan a dive. question about that. Yeah, sorry. Go on. No, I was saying I'm taking swan dive headers off of the top rope into the ground and walking away perfectly fine. Right. Like, sitting out on a fucking filing cabinet, almost die. How's that for an obituary? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so for me, when I saw the filing, so so first of all, I've never taken a bump in my life. I've never broken a bone. You and me were texting, and I fell and I fractured my 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 wrist, and I bitched about it for two weeks. But um. When I see a filing cabinet or when I see guys taking bumps in the stairs, all I ever think of is I'm like corners and like I think about that stuff. So when I saw the filing cabinet, I was like, oh, that looks so dangerous. Like it, it, it's just edges and corners and stuff. You know, you've wrestled on uh, the Carnage Cup and stuff. Are there ever moments where you see the stuff in the ring and you're like either, you know, you're either like, boy, that's going to be sweet or – that's way too much. Like, do you ever think that? <laughs> uh, I, uh, I mean, I listen. I'll do anything. I, I don't really have any fucking qualm or fear of anything. The only thing I don't really like is barefoot stuff. But I'm sure if you asked me a whole bunch of times, I would probably eventually break down and do it because I have the peer pressure, fucking, of an 18 year old. But um, you know, I, but. I'm I'm, I'm kind of I wouldn't say traditional I wouldn't the deathmatch guy like you know I really like just light tubes and chairs and tables and doors and razor boards I like and gossip plates anything else I think is a little too ridiculous I think it starts to get away from wrestling you know what I'm saying like uh, um in that Carnage Cup in particular the fucking dude wanted me to do uh. Uh, it was like lakeside deathmatch or whatever, and it was like, it was like um, fishing hooks hanging from all the ropes, and they had a snapping turtle. I'm like, listen, dude, listen, I, you know, I, a fucking snapping turtle is gonna take a chunk of fucking meat. You ever get bit by a snapping turtle or ever see one of those things? Yeah, like that thing is gonna take a chunk of fucking meat out of you. You know, it's like I don't care. It's not like a chunk of meat has been taken out. You know. But, I, you know, I want to accidentally kill the fucking turtle, something dumb like that. And then next thing you know, it's like, don't I get enough fucking heat for everything else? Do I need to be a fucking, do, do I need uh, Peter to be fucking kicking my door into? Peter will be coming after you. Right. Oh, shit. It's just funny that that it's like, dude, this is, is fucking wrestling. It's thumbtacks, glass, and chairs. Come on, man. It's wrestling. Keep it simple. Right, right. I mean, I don't even really like 
fans bring weapons matches, in all honesty. You know, the contraptions are fun, but I, I you know, I, I think I could do more with just the basic tools. You know what I mean? It's not, not that I won't do a fucking fans bring weapons match, but, you know, I mean, I know that gets the fans interacted with it, but, right. you know, I don't know what. Breaking news, Carnage Cup 2019 main event announced. 200 alligators, loaded shotgun match, and a bag of rattlesnakes, and you're blindfolded. <laughs> you know what? That, sadly enough, that sounds feasible. He wanted to rattlesnakes one year. Somebody was telling me, they were like, fuck no. And he was like, was all set to go have his nephews go catch some rattlesnakes or something. Yeah, get the fuck out of here, dude. I get bit by a fucking rattlesnake. Rattlesnakes. It's crazy. I don't don't know if it's like uh, I don't you know I don't know if it's fans spreading their own rumor or if it came from somewhere. But there's always talk that he asked someone if they would be willing to get their finger blown off or cut off or something by a gun. You I, know? Dude, I, I don't even think that was his idea. I think that was actually I think it was either rare or spiders. Probably sounds right. Yeah, yeah, I mean they're trying to one up that uh, box cutter stabbing. I think. Yes. And they, yeah. they, they, they never will. So stop trying, guys. Please stop trying. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It, it's, that's you know it's taking it. I, I don't want to stay taking it too far, you know, but because I, I, it's whatever. Teach his own. If that's what you want to do to entertain a bunch of people, you know what I'm saying. Be my guest. Not everyone has to look at the fucking thing. You know what I mean. But uh, if that's what you want to do, go for it. But you know. I think there's a lot more creative ways than just stabbing someone with a box cutter because I could easily fucking do that and end the match in uh, 30 seconds. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, in GCW, even though there's insanity in the matches, you can actually see wrestling. Um, there's, there's, there's parts of these matches where I think, holy shit, that looks like All Japan, 1993, Seiko playing Eric Ryan, or Schlack suplexing Marcus Crane. You, you guys wrestle, too. Um, there's two kinds of death matches. There's that old boy hack and slash, which I'm not a huge fan of, but there's a market for. I'm not knocking those guys. But then there's GCW where you guys put you wrestle in the match and you use gimmicks, which is awesome. You know, it, it creates more of art than just a couple of us going out there getting a box cutter, cutting each other, hitting each other over the head with a fucking rattlesnake. Just, just my thoughts. Well, no, I mean, you know, I firmly agree. You know, I mean that that's got its place. You know, what I mean, it's that has its place in deathmatch history you know what i mean sure uh you, you needed to get to that phase in order to get to Absolutely. the that deathmatch is at right now you know what i'm saying yep. um but thank dudes like danny havoc and shit like fucking Masada, like the really awesome Great fucking hybrid wrestlers. that's yep. where deathmatch is and it is way more fucking entertaining with actually wrestling because it's called deathmatch wrestling not deathmatch brawling Absolutely. Yeah, there's a whole, you know, when guys like Masada, Danny Havoc, Drake Younger, these guys came in and changed it up for better. Now you have the hybrid athletes like you, Marcus Crane, Eric Ryan, G Raver. Go out and put on a hell of a match, too. Sometimes yeah, that, you forget that, about the death, match, the death part of it. It's just a really great fucking match. That's what separates fucking GCW from everyone else, pretty much, man. You know, it's, well, from all the other older promotions anyway i think everyone is starting to you know the, the bar is so fucking high now because of gcw i think uh <coughs> dare i say uh american deathmatch is crazier than japanese deathmatch now i don't know you know i think I say, so it's in, uh you know 
Um, and that's because of GCW, fucking flat out. That's because of GCW. I'd say you're definitely, they're a ball in park. Then you have Mexico, too. I think it's just a golden age of deathmatch wrestling right now. Like you said about the ECW tapes in 10, 15 years. We're going to say 10, 15 years, wow. Uh, 2017 and 18, that was the best deathmatch wrestling. You had Slack, GCW. You had Takeda, Freedom Den, Big Japan champion. You had Seiko play, Violento Jack, and fucking... uh, Medeo, Extremo, Mexico. You just had the best. You had Jimmy Havoc and Drew Parker and fucking uh, UK. I think they're just gonna say this is the best golden age of deathmatch wrestling. I think I think it's um a paradigm shift in deathmatch wrestling. You know what I mean? Like every yep. once in a while, uh, the game get literally the game gets changed. I hate to say it, but, you know, but the, literally yep. every once in a while the game gets changed. Like when ECW was super hardcore, yep. and uh, you know what, what was the death match back then? You know, barbed no rope, barbed wire, pretty much. Right. You know, yep. and then CZW came around. You know what I mean? And now the next paradigm shift is fucking GCW. I mean, I, I you know, a little feather in my own cap. I don't ever like to talk shit because if you ask me, I'm all like, ah, I'm worthless. I'm a big pile of shit. But a little feather in my cap, uh, I remember talking to fucking Brett and, and Danny, and they were like, the, the, you know, the shift happened in GCW. You know, there was a couple shows before, and there was a couple matches. But the shift into, from American deathmatch wrestling, when it kind of turned into, like, Japanese, and it kind of, you know, stepped, took the step, you know, the next rung of the fucking ladder was me versus Marcus Crane one. They were like, that's pretty much the match that set the tone for the standard death match in GCW now was that match. And I was like, man, that's a fucking honor to be, you know, and I'm humbled to be even considered that. Yeah, it's, you had it's uh, so true, yeah. Go on, sorry. Just okay. Yeah, you've had uh you and Raver one and two have been amazing. Uh you and Nate Hatred and that in that one fucking war, or you and Viking. Um, another one of my favorite matches, you and Eric Ryan in Chicago. It was like a, a fucking car wreck. I hit by a train, and a fucking airplane crashed and blew it all up. It was just <laughs> amazing. That's the best way I can I can put it. Uh, you just had a string of uh, amazing, you and Trima, amazing fucking matches in, in GCW. Uh, without a doubt. I mean, in GCW guys in general, I mean, and, you know, you talk about how do you one-up something. Uh very first match of the NGI, you throw a fucking guy from the roof on the first spot. <laughs> one up something that was fucking awesome. How do you want uh, up? <laughs> I was like, dude, let's. I was like, you want to fucking real? Everyone was bitching. But I'm like, let you know. We kind of almost did that on our own. You know, we were getting. Do you don't want to do that? That's come on. I'm like, man, fucking trust me. You want to set this motherfucker off right and really set the fucking precedent? Let's just start with this. Boom, off the fucking roof. Goodbye. <laughs> definitely, definitely worked for a great fucking tournament. Uh, yeah, that was great too, man. Uh, insane. Um, uh, 2019, um, I'm going to see you in Japan. You look like the modern Bruiser Brody to me. You should be like a huge fucking star in Japan. Um, you know, I've been trying to get to fucking Japan for my entire career of everything I have done in my life. You know, I've been trying to get there. I, I know a bunch of people in Japan. I, I have like friends because I've, I used to book like 
a few de- like New York Death Fest and New Jersey Death Fest, right? And Philadelphia, Philadelphia Infest. I used to like for like about seven, eight years a piece. I used to book these death metal festivals. I used to fly bands in from all over the world, nice. and I would fly Japanese bands in. So I know dudes in Japan and stuff. And I've been trying to get, like get over there with tattooing that yeah. I've been doing since I was fucking. 17 years old you know i've been trying to get over there with one of my bands i think japan would eat eat the turnbuckle to fuck up it just never materialized and now i'm trying to get over there wrestling and yeah, I, you, you know, got the look you I, just I, got I, that look. I just i know you know sometimes when you got a gut instinct and you know things i think i'll do fucking well in japan it's just a matter of me see you in there. the crowd and people running for their fucking lives you just running through the crowd like Leatherface or one of those crazy old IWA or Wing shows, you know, Fuck like yeah. sheet coming out. Brody with the fucking chain whipping the yeah, chain around. Yeah, fucking Hanson just fucking through the crowd. I, I think you'd be huge in Japan. I'd love to see you and fucking Ito or Takeda or you and Jun Kasai or you and fucking uh, even uh, Takahashi, you know, the big guys, the big Japan champion now. Uh, just so many dream matches. It'd be amazing. Be absolutely well, that- that's the fucking goal, man. You know, uh, now's the time to do it. You know, like I said, I, I got a, a list of fucking people I want to work this year. Um, you know, hopefully I get a, a one-on-one with, you know, my fucking title shot that I fucking deserve. First, first Nikki. I'm sure that's coming up soon. You know, uh, GCW is just waiting for the fucking right building because that's got to happen in Jersey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Waiting for that. Um, I, I want a one-on-one with Murdoch. That'd be nice. Um, you know, I, I got a nice list. So. Yeah, I see you're gonna be out in California with BC Killer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, for uh, for uh, my friend uh, Kyle and Sage out uh, for Blood Brothers. Yeah, they're good people, man. Yeah, absolutely. They, they want me to go out there, so I go out there for their company. It's me yeah. and Maddie. It's Maddie's wrestling Neil. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's gonna good. be a cool match. Um, Neil's you tore it up. Best match of that one tournament for SOS by far. Um, Neil's great, man. He's a fucking lunatic. (laughs) We're um, real quick. Yeah, yeah. Be before we kind of finish up because we're hitting the hour pretty soon. um, I just had a couple of questions about you. uh, You know, for a couple things. So I'm, I'm just curious. What was your, you know, like? So you were talking about the first. You know, you were a big fan of like, you know, the Warrior and stuff. What was your first exposure to the Japanese death matches? I mean, that's like you know. Standard, you know what I mean? Onita, Pogo, fucking, um, you know, seeing that stuff when I was younger, man. Abdul over there. I mean, I see a lot of Americans over there. I think that was a lot of the shit I really saw first. Uh, Americans wrestling in Japan. You know what I mean? Um, you know, Hayabusa, fucking Japanese Sabu. You know, I don't think he gets enough fucking credit. Um, you know, shit like that. that. That's the typical guys that I, you know, kept my eye on when I was younger through old training tapes, man. You know, I still Tape have training, fucking, yeah. yeah, I still have cases of fucking VHS. I used to, in the back of magazines, remember in the back of magazines, they would like, uh, list, you know, G.G. Allen's fucking hated video or, or the mentors fuck video. And then they would always have like super gory wrestling and, and shit like that, man. I would fucking, you know, you send out your $20, maybe you get something in the mail. Maybe you didn't get something in the mail, you know, right. get, you know, FMW shit, stuff like that, man. Like I said, I have 
fucking cases of fucking VHS tapes. I don't even have a fucking VHS player. <laughs> I yeah, I wanted to ask if you still 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 uh um kept those tapes because mine I gave them I had six brown boxes filled to the brim of tapes. You know what I mean? I had every Big Japan show, every IWA show. I had Combat Zone shows from 99 to 2004 or 5 something. And um, I was moving between houses and I gave them to a friend to keep. And he moved and didn't tell me and just left them. And I'm always like, I wonder what what family found these VHS tapes, you know? (laughs) Right, right. That's just gold, man. Man, I got... Like a best of Japanese fire matches. Man. Yeah, best of barbed wire, best of explosion, one, yeah. two, three, four. I remember, like, it's like uh, the Sheik and Sabu versus Onita and Goto. Uh, I remember, uh, where else fucking is up there? Fire. Yeah, fucking crazy shit, dude. Like wing matches and stuff. Yeah. <coughs> they used to put out the best of BJW, volume one, volume yeah. two, volume. I used to buy that shit at the uh, RF table at the ECW shows. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. IWA Fire on Earth. I remember I had that yeah. tape. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that's that's that was like, the match with um, the fire match Terry Funk. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. The fire matches over there are crazy. Like the ones where they wrap the fucking, where it looks like a, a fucking seventh circle of hell. You know what I mean? The fucking flames are all outside. Oh. The wind's blowing and shit. That crazy fucking Blazing Odato's nights with uh, Jade Ogito, Kanemara. Yeah. Nuts. That's, I would love to do that stuff, man. Well, awesome. Um, well, cool, man. Thank you so much, Schlack, for, for joining us. You know, I, I don't want to take too much of your time. Yeah, yeah, question. Mike, go ahead. Sure, yeah. I just want to hit up one more. And this isn't even a question to put you on the spot. I just want to get your side because obviously, like you said, you get a lot of grief from people and shit. Um, and I think it's kind of ridiculous because you shouldn't judge people who don't know them. Um, obviously, that whole thing came out with WWN and all that bullshit. Um, what, what are your feelings on that? My feelings on that? Uh, I mean, p- people don't know. You know, people cast judgment nowadays because, every, you know, the internet and stuff like that. I, dude, I come from a time, I come from a tattoo. I, I'm, I've been tattooing since I was about 17 years old. I grew up in a tattoo shop. Uh, I know all different types of people. Okay. Sure. I know all different types of unsavory people. Um, you, I, I've been to prison, you know. Uh, so the, the, a lot of people I've run into are shit people. And there's a lot of good people I run into. Never judge a book by its cover. If you know somebody, uh, then you can cast judgment on them and make an opinion about them when you talk to them. But people going out of their way and fucking talking shit and never fucking even extending the ear out to have a conversation to see what you're all about is complete fucking bullshit. And that's the problem with society today is people make judgment on people without even fucking investigating themselves. And they're going off of someone else's word that doesn't, that never extended the fucking ear of conversation either. So it's just shit rolling on shit. It's like when you talk into someone's ear and shit goes down the line, you know, uh, 2001, uh, Space Odyssey is coming out next week in the movie theater. 2001 Space Odyssey is coming next out in, you know, home video. 2004 Space Odyssey is coming next week, you know, and it goes down the line. And by the time it gets all the way to the end of the line, it's completely fucking mutated. And that's the story of my life, man. It's been happening with everything, you know, because I'm a controversial fucking person. And I say what I want when I want, and I do what I want when I want to fucking do it. 
And a lot of people tend to have a fucking problem with that. You know, uh, if you want to talk to me, you talk to me and you can find out that I'm a fucking good dude within the first five minutes talking to me. You know, I'm a good judge of character and I can usually do that too when I talk to someone. So uh, if you have a problem with that, you know, that's on you, my man. You know, absolutely. Well, I just, uh, you know, on that on that thing, uh, I find that ridiculous um, that, that people do that, things like that. There is so many tales of unsavory people in professional wrestling. Um, right down from one of the biggest stars in WWE who was arrested numerous times for beating his wife. There, there's a hall, there's a, one of the biggest stars in WWE, there's a movie star, and his father got arrested for rape. And there's so much bullshit out there. And just because, like you said, the environment you're in, and, and if you're around somebody, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. And for people to judge you is horrible. Uh, the fact that you lost that opportunity to go to a show like that, because um, I understand where you're coming from. Right? Yeah, dude. You, you, uh, like I said, I, what the fuck did I do? I made a fucking joke. You know, a stupid, dumbass fucking joke picture. But you know, yeah. whatever. I've hung out with all kinds of people. I rode in a bike gang when I was younger. I was in trouble. I, I understand the whole situation, and I had my problems. But it's so sad that society judges us because I've turned around 20 years later, have successful business, have a great family. And, and it's just a shame, like a talented guy like you who has done really well on those shows got right. pulled in for some bullshit. But yet some of these megastars have done horrific fucking things. And because it's such big money, we just... That's okay. Right. I mean, I'm 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 an easy target. You know what I mean? I got tattoos on my face. You know, uh, I'm I'm a pretty lowbrow person. You know, I don't bite my lip. I'm an easy target. But it, it's it's no sweat, man. Like I said, no one has ever came out and spoken negatively about me. You know, behind the scenes, no. you've never seen you never seen one wrestler say anything negative. I I've, I've been booked by pretty much every fucking you know major. Promote deathmatch promotion. I've done multiple tours in Mexico. I've been, you know, uh, I, I've been on tour with bands from all over the world. I've booked shows with bands from all the world. If if you can't see through that bullshit and you're still that fucking hard headed, who's the person with the problem here? Exactly, exactly. Closed minded person that that does that. That you, they need to look in the mirror and realize that maybe they're the problem with society. Exactly. And you know, and it's uh, I've you know I've chatted with you here and there. It's always been fun. I've always heard good things. Is what I just say. I mean, it's a shame uh, because you're a great promo. You're great in the ring, and you would have just made the show better. But fuck them. Yeah, as I say, you know, it really hasn't really hurt me. It's just been oh. a fucking. It's really just been a pain in the ass. You know, repeating myself fucking sucks. But you know, that's my cross to bear. You know, whatever it is, what it is. You know, it, it only I only lost a couple shows, but if it, I don't, what I don't understand is if the major promotions are backing me and constantly backing me right. and putting me on, what the fuck makes you think you know? Never talking to me or anyone that I know about the situation. What makes you think you know more because you read some third person fucking bullshit story on the computer than the guy booking me that personally knows me? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's crazy uh, how people think nowadays, man. That's how they do, though. Their first image is, is to automatically think of... Uh, I'll tell you a quick story. I know we're almost done, but just a quick two-second story. Uh, 25 years ago, 20 years ago, uh, probably 20 years ago, I, I was running a, a restaurant. Uh, I had a bunch of kids who were, and I interviewed this kid. He was probably a 16-year-old kid, and his father came in. 
Father, uh, you know, first thing I want to tell you, you know, my son, he doesn't swear. Okay, no big deal. He doesn't have any of the horrible tattoos. He doesn't listen to that horrible metal. Da da da. I'm a big metalhead. I didn't hire his son. That's not why I didn't hire him because the son couldn't talk. I saw the father a, a week later on my Harley with a short sleeve shirt. My arms were all sleeve too, and I hollered over to the gas station. How you doing? It was just kind of a small bit of irony, because uh, you know, here's this guy choosing to run people down and, and reflect something. That's not why I didn't hire the kid, but it's just a fact is you, you shouldn't judge. Because I had my regular work and I had to wear a shirt and tie, it just uh, how, how people judge people. Right, of course, of course. You know, sad fact of reality, but, you know, that's the way the world is, you know. Yeah. Or is it, you know, if you well, have a question, man, I, I'm an open book. I don't sure. fucking hold anything back. I don't hold any punches. I don't bite my lip. You know what I'm saying? I'm a... Uh, Pretty easygoing fucking person. Uh, crazy enough, you know. Once Death I step in the ring, right. I'm gonna rip your fucking head off because I have a job to do. But Deathmatch Radio News and the Deathmatch Call, we support you, so we're fans of Slack. So fuck, every, fuck the uh, fuck the losers. Uh, we think you're great in the ring, and uh, we think your fucking promos are gold. Keep them going, man. Yeah, no problem. Plenty more. Two thousand nineteen. Yeah, I know. I mean, your promos really got me back into wrestling, like in a big way. I would say played a really big part. So thank you for that, man. I mean, I appreciate it. Thank you for the uh, input. You know, I uh, I'm just being fucking you know ridiculous slack. That's all. I only know how to be one way. <laughs> I uh, I think uh, I like to think that I lit a fire under a good amount of people's asses with those promos when yeah. I first brought them out. I think people started stepping their promo game up a little bit in the, you know, I don't want to say it's all my fucking, you know, doing, but I like to think that people saw you could do a little more with promos. So they started really, you know, juicing them up a little bit. Yeah. Casanova, when he wrestled you, he really went, I think over the end because of your great promos. Uh, I just remember him saying he was going to rape your dog or something. Fucking. <laughs> right, right, right. Say it in the fucking promo. <laughs> just, I mean, uh, you know, you pushed those promos there. Whatever I could do to contribute to the uh, wrestling universe, you know what I mean. I, I uh, pretty much encompasses my entire life. You know, I listen to old wrestling matches on the fucking radio while I'm tattooing at work. You know, I've been in for I've been in a fucking band based on wrestling. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> so whatever I could do to contribute to the wrestling world, uh, hope it makes a difference. Awesome. Um, well, hey, okay, so before we go, Schlack, if you want to let people know, do you have any uh, any shows coming up in the next week or two? Uh, next couple shows. Uh, I think um, H2O on the 22nd. Uh, I think the 28th ICW in New York. And 29th uh, Asbury Park, GCW. And a fuckload of other stuff in 2019 that I cannot remember off the top of my head. Awesome. But I'm well, sure if right. you go on my if you go on my Instagram or you go on my fucking Facebook or Twitter or whatever, www.facebook.com backslash schlack187 or Twitter handle, Instagram handle, schlack187, uh, I'm sure you'll find some piece of, you know, information of where I'm going to be and how I'm going to be or go to www.nogodonlyschlack.com for all your Slack bullshit Christmas needs. I got a whole bunch of new shirts and shit up from there and patches and dumb shit if you want to wear it. <laughs>
All right, so that is Schlack, and Schlack even recorded an awesome little message for the Deathmatch Cult that you can find over on the page. But, um, okay, so uh, so we just finished up uh, Jordan Oliver and Casey Navarro. Uh, Mike, do you have any, you know, do you have any comments about the opening match? I mean, it was a decent match. Um, I thought uh, Oliver looked pretty good. I mean, it was a couple of younger guys. Um, you know, they did their flippy kind of moves. Not necessarily my favorite type of stuff, but it wasn't a bad match. You know, I think Jordan Oliver is going to be, uh, you know, one of those Adam Cole, MJ, uh, MJF guys. I think they're going to try to build around him. Um, I, I don't think he's ready for that at all, but, I mean, maybe down the road. I mean, it wasn't a bad match. All right. Um, now, the next match I watched was actually the women's match. So, I don't know, did you watch any of the other undercard? Uh, no, I kind of went to the women's match myself. Okay. Um, and that's not a condemnation, just, it, it was a long show, and whatever. So anyway, uh, so let's see, Layla Hirsch defeated Mercedes Martinez. Now, Layla Hirsch, um, I don't watch a lot of the company, so, um, like, who, like, so they presented her as, like, a pretty big, a a pretty big deal. I, I, I think that this was her first match, right? No, she's had Dojo Wars matches. Okay. Well, okay, um, so, uh... Like, who is she, and why is the company stacking so much on her? She's someone who's been in Dojo Wars. I mean, obviously, DJ came out to the ring with her, and I think they're trying to build her up to be the new the lady face. I know Brittany, Brittany Blake doesn't do as much with CZW. For a long time, it seemed like Brittany, excuse me, Brittany Blake was uh, the face of CZW, but I think uh, she's re- kind of branched out and working more promotion. So I think that uh, Layla is someone that uh, they're building up to, to be the woman's... Uh, Camp, um, or down the road, maybe have a woman's title. Um, I'm kind of surprised. I mean, while well, I am and I'm not, the, the booking is strange sometimes. I mean, Mercedes Martinez is a, is a huge star in women's wrestling. Um, Shimmer, Shine, WSU. Um, you know, she just had a, a 70 minute match with Tessa Blanchard. So I'm a little surprised that they kind of put her over, but it was a good match. I mean, uh, they generally uh, beat the shit out of each other. It was a hard hitting match. I enjoyed it. I just, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those believable things again, I guess, you know. I mean, Layla's kind of a younger competitor, and uh, obviously uh, Mercedes has been around for quite a long time. So, um, so okay, so uh, Layla Hirsch, she comes out with DJ Hyde. Just going to, you know, I'm going to say this a, a few more times, but it's a little, he just doesn't get it. He doesn't get why people see him as what he is, but he trained her, so I'm sure it was a big deal for him, so okay, great. But anyway... Uh, he comes out with her. She's got like an MMA get up, you know what I mean? And um, Mercedes Martinez is way taller than her, right? Started a, yeah. started a, a little slow, a lot of grappling, <clears throat> and uh, Mercedes takes over. She starts hitting suplexes. They go outside. Great brawling. Layla hit this amazing moonsault. There was this insane tree of woe spot where Mercedes kicked her right in the the face. Mercedes hit this. Sick spider German suplex on her off the uh, the top rope. I mean, this was a really great match. Layla is making comebacks with hard strikes, MMA moves, grappling, submission moves. I mean, it was a. I thought this was a, a fantastic match. Um, in the end, but the only problem was, as you said, booking wise, Layla won with like a flash pin out of nowhere, a roll up or something, and just got you know the really quick one two three. Um, I'll let you, you know, go into it. I thought it was a fantastic match, 
But if you're going to put Layla Hirsch over and you want her to... It was obvious that they want her to be this focal point kind of star. And I'm like, why didn't you just have her fucking pin her? Why did you have to do this quick roll-up finish? You know, it just... It doesn't... It 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 felt flat after such a great match. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I didn't I didn't like the ending. Um, it definitely was a very strong style match. Um, Mercedes is is one of the best female wrestlers out there. Um, I don't know why NXT hasn't signed her. Um, she's been doing it for fifteen years, having knocked down matches with people like Rain and Lefisto, uh, cheerleader Melissa, anybody Sarah Del Rey. Uh, Kong, anybody has come through the women's professionally, um, Tessa Blanchard, anyone who's come through in the last 10 or 15 years in the indie scene has had a great match with Mercedes Martinez uh, because Mercedes is amazing. She's two-time Shimmer champion, two- or three-time Shimmer champion, uh, WSU champion, Shine champion. Um, it, you know, there was a lot of good spots with Layla, definitely. Layla has wrestled in WSU and in the dojos. Um, I think it's their first CZW match. Um, on the big, on the big, uh, I guess you could call it the big time. <laughs> but uh, it definitely was a really good match. A lot of hard-hitting forearms, suplexes. Um, Mercedes, I think she almost knocked her out at one point with that one backhand. Um, but it was a weird finish, and I, I just wouldn't have put her over. Um, and I don't know, I mean, is DJ Hyde going to be like the, you know, in Rocky with the old guy with the raincoat? Is that what DJ is looking for? Million well, the raincoat's got to have the, um, <clears throat> you know, the raincoat's got to have the... The Ninja Turtle spikes on it and everything. Right. I mean, he's got to have a Disney shirt on, too, because we know DJ loves Disney. But, uh, yeah, it was just I, I wanted to put over Mercedes Martinez. I thought that was strange. I think you could have built her up just as much having her lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, having absolutely. The, and then you have rematches built in and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Having her win just, I don't know, it's bizarre. Bizarre finish, but, you know, that's me. I mean, she's had some matches in WSU and stuff. I mean, but she certainly isn't Mercedes Martinez. I mean, Mercedes, like I said, Mercedes is one of the top five women in the world, in my opinion. That's counting NXT and Japan. She's uh, very consistent. She's held numerous, numerous titles. She's had um, ridiculous, amazing matches. I mean, the one she just had with Tessa was ridiculous. Her wars with Lefisto and Sarah Del Rey. You know, and she's held... So much hardware for titles too. Like I said, it's just bizarre that they they went that road with her. I mean, right now she's a, a triple champion. She's a Shimmer Tag champion. She's a Phoenix Rise champion, and she's a Indie Girls in Australia champion. So she's you know got all. She's been WXU champion three times. She's been the NCW Femme Fatale champion. She's been the WXW uh, Alpha's Promotion champion. The Shimmer champion twice. Uh, girl fight. She's been she held all the major women's belts. So with that said, like I was curious, so like is WSU still a thing, or like do, uh, does CCW have a relationship w w with Shimmer? But like you know, like they put this as like kind of like a, a showcase match. But how are they like? Do they have a system to build on it afterwards, or do you not know? He owns WSU. You didn't know that? No, no, he I do. But I mean, are they running shows? I don't even know. Uh, yeah, um, they haven't been running as consistent. Uh, their last show was in June. I think they have something advertised for next year, but their last show was in June uh, when Tessa Blanchard beat Mercedes Martinez. That was uh, one of their last shows. I don't know. Uh, I don't think they closed, but let me uh, double check real quick. I'll tell you in about two seconds. I thought they had some stuff lined up for the new year, but I could be incorrect. Okay. W.S. Uh, breaking. Yeah, no, well, nothing is 
announced. I don't know what the deal is with WSU right now. Uh, yeah, there's no new stuff announced. So, DJ, if you hear this, uh, why don't you post on there? You can always send me a private message. I know you've got my my message on Facebook. Nope. <laughs> uh, let me know what's going on with WSU. Uh, yeah, there's still pages and stuff, but there's nothing... I don't know what the deal is with them. I know they were running, they ran pretty consistently up until June, but I don't see anything on here announcing any new shows. They've been doing stuff with the Dojo Wars. So I don't know what the heck deal is. Yeah. Um, I want to say real quickly, like, again, like, I've been, I've been doing online content or whatever since high school. You know what I mean? I mean, forever. You know, my friend's bands or this or, or that, and I do my travel videos. Um, there's just no reason why CCW with doing the Dojo Wars, with having WSU, by having, like, the apparatus that they have, their PR company just sucks. Like, it's just really bad. Like, we're sitting here like, what's going on with this and that? Meanwhile, Game Changer Wrestling has 20 shows coming up. And also, you know, you know, uh, um, oh, what's it called? H2O. H2O. Right. I know every card coming up. They post on Facebook constantly. Excuse me. Sorry, Mike. I was out last night. Now I'm kind of sick. But um, hold on one second. I'm sorry, guys. But um, you know, CZW. I'm like, do they have shows coming up? I can tell you the H2O schedule right now, just because I see it every ninth post on Twitter and Facebook and blah blah blah. Although my mistake, Combat Zone Wrestling blocked me on Twitter, so I can't <laughs> see their fucking content. So maybe that's why I don't know. Anyway, all well, right. You're gonna get blocked again. They're gonna bring you back just to block you. Um, uh, I'm just trying to help, guys. What can I say? You know they uh, got something in February. I, I heard, but I mean, you you won't see that information on the Deathmatch Cult page, unfortunately. But if you check out the CZW website, I'm sure they have something. But they haven't really said nothing. They're taking January off. I think DJ's going to Florida to Disneyland. Uh, I know he's a big fan of Disneyland, so they haven't made any announcements about it yet. But if you're looking for DJ in January, uh, check out Epcot Center or Space Mountain. Good for him. Take a day off, I guess. Um, so, okay, going on. So uh, the next match I watch, uh, next up, hold on one second. Uh, Mike, what did you think of uh, John Silver taking on Rich Swan and Shane Strickland? Um... I thought, you know, it's not my favorite type of match. Um, I, I thought it was pretty wild of a match. Um, I thought that John Silver really isn't the name that Rich Swan or Shane Strickland are, but I think he's the guy that CZW is kind of trying to put the, bat, the promotion on his back. I, I, I could see the title, unfortunately, in his future somewhere. Um, I know that you know, that match with Alex Reynolds, it was terrible a while ago. Uh, the Beaver Boys collided. But, uh, you know, there was a lot of crazy high spots and flips and kind of what you'd expect from a match like that. Again, you know, I, I guess he's the guy they're putting over, so that's why they put him over. I mean, Swan's pretty hot right now. Uh, he's all over. Uh, Strickland, you know, probably guy's going to be in WWE pretty soon. So maybe I guess they're trying to build up John Silver. What were your thoughts? Um, kind of the same thing. So, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Shane Strickland is going on to NXT probably. Uh, and then Rich Swan, he's just a indie man, you know, you know, nobody, you know, he's like showing up places and having great matches, but he's not dedicated anywhere. And whereas John Silver, I'm guessing he's a Dojo War student. I'm guessing he's someone that CZW wants to build around. So putting him over makes sense, but he's been yeah. around longer than that. I think he actually, I think he trained in the New York wrestling 
connection. He, he's he's okay. been around a little longer than CZW. So, yeah, Mikey Whipwreck trained him. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I don't know too much about him. Um, it was that thing, which we're going to talk about. When we talk about the G-Code, I'm going to go into this a little bit as well. But it's that PWG style of big knee-slapping strikes nonstop. Big crazy suplexes. The match could have ended 27 times, but they just keep on going. They're just trying to get the this is awesome chance. That's my opinion. It's a good, like, I'm sure that Dave Meltzer w- would watch it and be like, now this one's a great match, four, four and a quarter stars. But for me, it's such overkill seeing these big suplex spots and big strikes over and over. Um, For, t- for the style of 2018, it was very, very, very good, but not my kind of match. That's all. Um... Speaking of my kind of match, they had the eight the eight man tag, uh, the office of Brandon Kirk, Connor Claxton, Casey Catal, and Kit Osborne defeated Dan O'Hare, Jimmy Lloyd, Maria Manic, and Mitch Vallon. This match fucking rocked. This match was awesome. I loved it. I'll let you go over it. Go ahead. I I can say this, and I've wanted to say it for years. I now have seen an atomic drop onto a black dildo. So thank you. Connor Claxton and Dan O'Hare. So, so, so I've it was twenty. So it Rick was twenty thirteen, and you're sitting at a bar with whoever, and you say, "You know what I want to see? I want to see <laughs> big black dildo on a steel chair." I said that like ten years ago. I, I hoped it'd be Ric Flair that would do it, but he didn't. So now I can say I checked it off my bucket list. Um, Dan O'Hare took the shot. He took the old keister shot on a dildo. Um, Maria Manic looked like a fucking savage. Um, you know, I kind of think they want to build her, but then they fucking then they pin her for the loss. In the um, dumbest way possible. Yeah, right. I could see their team losing, but I wouldn't have pinned Maria. I'd have pitched. I'd have pinned Mitch Vallon. Then I'd have got more heat at the end of it. Maria's at one point. Maria's uh, eating the ass out of a sex doll and screaming about it. Um, this match had everything you wanted: violence, crazy spots, Jimmy Lloyd, and. Um, Brandon Kirk almost killing each other at that one spot. Uh, it was a great match. It was a good clusterfuck. It was a bunch of violence. Like I said, once again, I got to see an atomic drop onto a big black dildo onto a steel chair. Amazing. Um, so I want to go over it really quickly. Uh, the 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 only negative, and you know, I just gotta say, is the 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 camera the the camera couldn't decide yeah. what to watch because you had. Four matches going on. I mean, this was all over the place. They had uh, the thumbtack te- bats. They had, like, a barbed wire fence. They had tons of weapons, tables. They had dildos. There was a dildo that, attached that, to a... Uh, that barbed wire box that I was surprised yeah. Casey Tell took that spot on. It was pretty pretty sick with her yeah. and Dan O'Hare. Yeah, and they had a, a dildo attached to a sawzall, so it's going in and out and everything. I mean, CZW, I want to say one thing about the dildo stuff. I can't believe people are so into it because I'm like, they've been doing dildo to the mouth stuff since, like, TOD1. But it was, I mean, the crowd loved this match. Maria Manic was, without a doubt, the star of this match. I don't think I've ever seen a female wrestler, I mean, in my opinion, this is my opinion, this was her coming out. I mean, up to this point, this year, she's been having matches against guys, and they've been really, really good, but they've been, you know, in H2O, which is a little under the radar, or they've been, um, you know, at, in fucking V-O-O-W. This, she was on the main stage in an eight-person tag, and she was the star. She had so much energy. She looked 
tough as fuck. A lot of times these um, intergender matches, a lot of times what I, you know, um, the the guy just moves at a real slow pace and the girl fights from underneath and does all of these gut punch comebacks and stuff. Maria Manic was body slamming people and clotheslining people and like hitting people in the corner and kicking them in the face. I mean, she looked like a monster. She's got her tits hanging out. She's covered in blood. This, if if, if this was 2003, Zandig would have put the strap on her. I mean, I was this, gonna say, yeah, yep. yeah. I, I mean, yep. a, anyway, she, she, um, like a you know uh, had that Lefisto heat. Remember she came in absolutely like, like, title. And fucking yeah, and she's a beast. Yeah, I could have seen her, her and Mance Warner having a program down the road. But what do we do with our brilliant booking? We pin her in a fucking stupid way. So That's speaking of which, so how we roll? She's body slam people. She's covered in blood. The match has gone for 15, 18 minutes. The crowd's yep. going insane, and they throw thumbtacks in in her face. Roll her up, stack on her, and pin her one, two, three. Stupidest finish. What a... Oh, man. Whack. Just shitty. That's all I can say. Um, I loved it. Dan O'Hare took this... Uh, he took a... Her and Ken Rana to the outside through a table. Missed the fucking table. Landed ass first on the concrete. Poor guy. Brandon Jimmy Kirk Lloyd... Too. Huh? Uh, another, uh, Brandon Kirk looked amazing taking some of those spots, too. Uh, he took that one spot with Jimmy Lloyd off the corner into the floor. It was amazing. Definitely. Um, I mean, I, I, I've got so many spots just written down. They hit an incredible three, 3D. Um, let's see. Uh, Jimmy Lloyd did the the double spin Zandig clothesline, which is yep. like the most over-the-top move since the Canadian Exploder or whatever. Um, the first great two minutes match were better than the entire Deathmatch Mafia tournament. Uh, just want to throw that out there. Plug for Deathmatch Mafia. Um, this match was a, was a great cluster. And a lot of young talent. And, you know, if they book these guys right, boy, these could be the, these guys should be the future of CZW. Yeah, I mean, oh, every, yeah absolutely. Kid Osborne has got that heel heat. Uh, Claxton, obviously, has been there for years. Brandon Kirk, Jimmy Lloyd. Uh, I'm not super into Mitch Mallon, but, he, you know, he's getting there. He's work, doing his dues. Uh, Dan O'Hare is a star. They, you know, these guys should, you know, I'm glad they gave him a platform. Absolutely. I mean, uh, on my fucking crappy ass star scale, I give this four and four and a half stars. <laughs> I would agree with you. I would yeah. agree with you. I'm gonna, and the next match, I'm going to introduce real quick. The next match, we get a tag team hardcore match with three living legends and DJ Hyde. Uh, we had Onita and Matt Tremont uh, against Masada. So there's your three living legends. I'm sure everybody figured out who I was talking about. And then you had DJ Hyde. Um, everyone knew who was going to get pinned, I think, in this match. And it fell through. That didn't surprise me too much. Um, I enjoyed this match. I thought Onita really worked. Um, I know a lot of people were talking about the blood pack. I, I thought he bladed bad, but I watched it again. And, yeah, could have been blood pack packet. Um, you know, he was t taking shots, taking, he took some stiff clotheslines from Masada. There was that dueling bat shot with, uh, DJ Hyde and Matt Tremont. Um, you know, in the end, he did his Onita business. Uh, you know, Tremont and coming to, I, I thought, uh, I thought he worked harder in this match than he did in the first match. I enjoyed this much more than the once in a lifetime six man match. Well, keep in mind, 
when he did the uh, the Tremont match, he was wrestling three times a week. With this, he sure. you know he healthier. He hasn't Everyone had was, matches. Yeah, and Tremont's healthier too. He had that horrible arm infection then. So yeah, definitely. Just I uh, I enjoyed this match. I, I thought it was good. Like I said, it was three living legends. And DJ Hyde. He um, at least it, well he didn't wear his Ninja Turtle uh robe or anything like that, but um. Yeah, really good match. It was what you'd expect it to be. You know what I mean? Well, it was... And, I mean, no, there's no swerve booking there. I'm pretty sure everybody in the planet knew who was getting pinned in that match. Yeah. That's and they did. So, thankfully, we didn't get no swervy booking. D- DJ didn't pin Onita. Yeah. <laughs> we have a fight in Japan. Oh, Holy God. shit. God. Um, uh, I want to uh, say one thing, which is uh, when Onita came out, I, I, I didn't understand this at all. He came out in the dark. They didn't turn the yeah. lights on until he got to the ring. I'm like, dude, you want to hit him with the the spotlight, and you want to, like, make it into Onita, you know? It's a nice-looking fireball, too, just want to say. Oh, yeah. People fire. That was pretty cool. Pretty good shot. Yeah. Onita took some stiff shots. It was a. I liked the match. I, I I dug it. Like I said, I was into it. Um, you know, the I, the last three matches of the show really got me going. Got me into it. Yeah, I mean, it, one thing I will say, and you know, this is neither here nor there. Who cares? But um, you know, I think they they could have put the eight man tag before intermission, and then put the John Silver match before this match. Just, you know, just to break up the card and give the fans because. You know, that eight-man tag was something. And then, you know, yep. this match was kind of like the same thing, but way lower down just because of the participants, you know. But um, sure. better better than you'd expect. And Onita uh, moved pretty good. And, um, yeah, it was good. Fun fun match. What yeah. in the ring. It was down, he looked like uh, uh, maybe Onita 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, which was still Onita at uh, 47. Right. Still, <laughs> you know. Yeah. He took a really nasty clothesline from Masada. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, let's see. And it did uh, I don't know if he actually penetrated his head or not, but... No, but, yeah, if you watch it, uh, yeah. he was just really shoving him in there, but he didn't really, right. you know, break the skin or anything. Yeah, but they tried to do a spot. Yeah, I which, I mean, Masada, he's just the classic deathmatch guy. I mean, he's like the classic American deathmatch guy where he really... He knows how to build it. That's all, and it, it makes sense. You know, you, you jab and stab, and then you get him in on somebody. You know, uh, take your your time and slow down. I, I'm always a big fan of his matches. You know, that was a nasty uh, knee he gave Fremont too with the skewers in his head. Sick, real that sick. Was a nasty spot in the match. I just say he got him right on. I mean, that was a was definitely a nasty spot. It was an enjoyable match. Definitely. So okay, um, and then we get to the main event. So obviously MJF had to pull out of this match. Uh, it was supposed to be RSP versus MJF, MJF in the Cage of Death. Um, MJF hasn't said one thing about Combat Zone Wrestling. He hasn't tweeted one thing about the title. He doesn't give a crap about this company, and it really shows just how bad the booking was this year that they put the the title on a guy who wasn't on any of the cards. Just to say, oh, look, our champion is on MLW, our champion is in this company, and our champion might be going to NXT, but your champion was never there. It's like they were trying to do like the Brock Lesnar thing, basically. They'll probably have him run out in the February show and rerun the title. That's what I would call classic uh, DJ Hyde booking. Um, Speaking of which, man, 
I hate to break it to you, but the uh, the Shook crew were not on this show. I know. I was a little disappointed. I, I thought they they might be. They weren't on the last couple shows. I don't know what happened. Uh, so maybe this book, I don't know, like maybe maybe some. A, nobody wants CZW to do good more than, you know, not more than, because I'm sure Captain Dave beats me on that one. But, you know, I don't want CZW to go out of business or anything. And I, I hope that things are turning around. And, you know, the booking is getting back to what it should be. That's all. So yeah, I agree. Um, I I'm so glad they didn't put the belt on RSP, and they really can build with Mance Warner. He's a great character. Um, it was a great Cage of Death match. It was really good. There were some insane spots. Um, I don't know if it was trickery or not, but the tongue spot was nuts with him and the board and Ricky Shane visually, where he stapled his tongue on the board and then stomped it. You know, off the cage spot. There were so many spots in this match. It was really, generally, a really good cage of death match. Um, probably the, the better than they've had in the last couple of years. Um, and I, I think, really, a man's getting the title, I think, is a smart move. I think they can build on that. He's a great character. Like I said, I said forever, he should be the Briscoe's cousin. They should bring him in Ring of Honor. He should be like Mance Briscoe, their cousin from Indiana. He's just got that to him. He's a lot of charisma. Good promo. He's he's another guy just like uh, M- M- you know Maria Manic, where he's had a great eight year, but he was in IWA Mid South, and he hasn't really had that big stage to shine on. And boom, here you are. He took over Twitter that night, and um, yeah, I think 2019 is going to be the year of Mance in a lot of ways. I agree. I, I thought that he was uh, the MVP of Tournament of Death, I'll be honest with you. Um, I thought that match he had uh, with Jimmy Lloyd was insane, and I really loved the three-way with Dale Patrick and Josh Crane. I really thought that... Uh, I love I loved the whole TOD last year, but I thought Mans really stepped up his deathmatch game there. And then if you're going IWA, you know, he had some crazy stuff there, too. Um, and that's the great thing about Mans. He's a hybrid guy. He's a very good, strong-style wrestler. If you go back and look at IWA in the last two or three years, he's had three matches with Anthony Henry, a guy who was an Evolve, a guy who was probably going to be in NXT soon that were amazing. He had a ridiculous match with Toby Farley. Uh, he had a, match from, a great match with Matt Riddell with Larry D. He's a very good hybrid wrestler, Drake Younger type, very strong style, very, that's what he kind of reminds me of wrestling style, I mean because he has that very strong hard hitting style, and then he'll do these crazy insane shots and spots. Yeah. So yeah, that was a that was a good booking decision. Um, Maria, bad decision, uh, Layla Hirsch, bad decision, man's good decision, so got one um, right. <laughs> Just to go over a couple of spots, they went through the glass bo- boards early, so they're both uh, within the first minute. They're both, you know, they got the shredded arms and everything. Um, they had this nail board they were bumping on. They stapled Mance Warner's tongue to a barbed wire board. I don't know if this was trickery or what, but it looked like he lifted the board with his tongue. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe he had his pinky on it that I didn't see lifting yeah. the board or something. He pulled it off, even if it was trickery. The magician did a great trick because it looked real. And then, yeah, he's fishing in his mouth and pulling up. It looked like he pulled a... I mean, it looked like they stapled his tongue to a barbed wire board, which, um, man, I'm not a fan of that. Like, don't do that. There's a lot of stuff in your tongue. Don't don't do that. But anyway, um, 
The one negative I want to say really quickly was so um, RSP he was he was like setting up the final bump where they're putting a uh, a glass board between chairs yeah. and all this type of stuff, right? And um, the ring crew he literally asked the ring crew to get in the 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 cage. Yeah. It's yeah. a cage. You're supposed to be locked in. And uh, one of the ring crew gets in and helps him set up the the board. I don't know. That just looked a little cheesy. You know what I mean? In that, my opinion. And it kind of looked like he didn't want to go up top. Yeah. I mean, it felt like he stalled for a minute. Looked up. Well, kind of get the feeling he didn't want to go to the top of the cage. I don't know. So they hit. They they go up on top of the cage and. Um, uh, they, long story short, they hit a superplex, Mance Warner, I don't, I don't know if you want to call it a superplex, but they hit this suplex, they went through a glass board that was in this wooden frame on a scaffold, and then through the glass board between the chairs in the ring, but th- they didn't fall free fall, like, they hit the, the wood and that cave, and then they fell down, I mean, it was, it looked like carnage, you know, real, real carnage, um, it 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 was bump 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 bump. You know what I mean? It was very much it kind of reminded me, um, and I don't mean this to sound so bad. It was a really, really good match, but it kind of reminded me of that uh the wife beater necro butcher TOD final where yeah. they were just moving from bump to bump to get it over with is kind of what it felt like. Like maybe their time got cut or whatever. I mean it went like thirteen minutes or so. Um good match. And Mance Warner is a star for Combat Zone Wrestling. And um, going into 2019, this is the direction they need to be in. Don't have your TOD winner jobbing to your best of the best winner a week later. You know, you have all of these stars who are putting their heart into it. Get rid of this Beaver Boy, um, Shook Crew bullshit. Focus on CZW being like, like nothing else, because I'll tell you what, CZW for that good portion of 2018 was a lot like Impact Wrestling. It was a lot like just bullshit you would see anywhere else. This this Cage of Death card really felt like old CZW from like 20, you know, from the Zandig era, really. I, I would I would be like Mans too. I would I would build him up. I'd throw him against Masada somewhere, you know. Give him tip his hat to them. I'd put him maybe with put him through some of the office guys. Uh, bring bring some people in like they did with Masada when he had his title reign. You know, bring in some other deathmatch guys. I'd build Mance up. Bring me bring in someone who's a really strong style guy, like Chris Dickinson or somebody. Somebody. I would build him up like they did Masada or Drake during their title reigns and yep. style of deathmatch. Bring guys in. You know, keep the belt on him for a year. You know, the greatest title runs in CZW, in my opinion, Masada, a year, and Drake Younger, like 400-some days. Uh, just loved it because they constantly brought people in. Even Justice Payne back in the day and Messiah had those long runs. That's when I was vested. Then CZW went to this, we changed the title every month shit that I hate. I fucking hate more than anything. And it's lost its identification. But they had some amazing uh, title runs, Masada and Drake Younger. Uh, you know, Masada took on everyone from Necro Butcher to El Generico, uh, to Michael Elgin, to Drake Younger. You know, uh, amazing. Yep. Definitely. And, uh, and, and, and Mance is, is that guy where he's a deathmatch? Like, he does deathmatches, but, and I, 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 I say this as, like, a, you know, a good thing. Mance isn't a deathmatch wrestler. He's a wrestler who does deathmatches, you know? Yeah, he's a strong style wrestler. 
Absolutely. Yeah, he's the king of eye poke. I mean, he's got such a great gimmick of, as you said, he's very much a, a Briscoe's kind of guy, you know? Like, um, it, what can I say? If you haven't seen it yet, Cage of Death, this was great. And, you know, we were talking six months ago when we were hearing rumors about what the matches were going to be and blah, blah, blah. And it was sounding, uh, okay, if that's what they're doing. And then three months ago, someone turned a switch, and CZW is making a lot of changes. Um, I think the presentation looked like after, so I, I watched this after watching the G-Code. And from a production standpoint, I was in the AMV club, guys. But from a production standpoint, it, it, you know, it, it, it doesn't pop out. The picture has a little bit of a wash. The audio quality was a little ho-hum and stuff. So they're missing just that little .5 spark, you know what I mean? But from a match quality point of view, this was great CZW wrestling from top to bottom. So, yep. uh, thumb, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Absolutely. So, um, let's see. Do you, do you want to go over the G-Code? Oh, uh, yeah. I haven't watched all of it yet, but I'll definitely watch the main parts of it. All right, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I won't go over every match. Uh, let me know. I'll, I'll start going through the matches and let me know when you kind of picked up it, okay? Um, let's see. We had, um, okay, so real quickly, you know, Facade uh, won the opener. Uh, it was all of the PWG spots. Uh, the only thing I'm really going to say about the match, you know, it was a good match. It's not my style match. I'm going to talk about that more in the, uh, the Jimmy Lloyd match. Uh, the crowd was packed, absolutely slam-packed. I mean, it looked like an absolute standing room sellout there. They, I mean, it looked awesome. I've talked to Brett before, and he said, like, I love doing the standing room only. It looks so good on camera. Um, Smart Mark Video is the best. They're the best doing this. They are incredible. The show, the... The reds are really bright. The color palette is, is awesome. The sound mixing is great. I mean, the production was absolutely great. Um, Alex Cologne, or, I'm sorry, Homicide defeated Alex Cologne. It was a, a great match, good brawl, but I got to ask, why did Homicide win? I feel like Alex Cologne is the guy they should be building, right? I agree. I watched the, the last half of this match. Um, it was kind of a short match, too. It went about eight minutes. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you, because Homicide really, I know he's one of their trainers, but he really hasn't been any kind of angle at all in GCW. He comes in here and there and does a match. Um, is he on every card? No. Um, so I, I'm not quite sure. I agree with you there. I don't understand the uh, logic in the booking of that because I would have tried to put Cologne over, especially they just because they just announced Cologne and uh, Daisuke Masaka for the February or the January show. So putting him into a match against you know a Freedoms guy, I would have tried to build him up. Absolutely. So, um, so okay, and yeah, I mean, it wasn't a death match, but it, it was it was a, a really good brawl. And this goes back. So okay, okay, um, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get into it now. If for any reason Jimmy Lloyd hears this, I love you, dude. Jimmy Lloyd, you're losing weight. You got two companies pumping you. You obviously are putting in the work. God bless you, you dude. But at the same time. Jimmy Lloyd punches way above his weight in the moves he's trying to do and the, the wrestling. is like in the eight-man tag, he was punching and kicking and throwing and hitting clotheslines and blah, blah, blah. In this match where, you know, he, he took on Rich Swan, they're trying to do the PWG stuff. They're doing the double, you know, the, 
the flash roll-up, fake finish, kip-up, standoff, and he misses his kip-up. He's hitting 619s with like no impact and no force. Um, whereas, and, and just to go back, Homicide and uh, uh, Alex, which also Alex and Dysfunction on the H2O show was the same thing. They were doing the hard moves they knew that they could do. You know, and it makes the match so much better. Um, so I thought Homicide and uh, Alex was great. And yeah, I mean, Alex Colon is a guy that they should be building around. I don't know why he won, but whatever. Um, I have a lot to say about the Jimmy Lloyd match. Uh, what did you think of it first? Um, From what I watched of it, I mean, I watched most of it. It was okay. I mean, it wasn't, like I said... Uh, I don't know. That's the style I would have Jimmy going and doing. Um, he's a pretty strong style wrestler. Um, I don't know if him and Rich Swan matched up perfectly. It was a long match too, went seventeen minutes. Um, wasn't my favorite match of the card. Um, I had one issue with it. So, just to go over the match. So it started off. Um, first of all, Jimmy has slimmed down a lot, you know. And I'm into weight loss. I used to weigh three, 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 three hundred pounds. I've lost 120 pounds, so I'm always into weight loss, obviously, right? And um, so good for him, man. Awesome, dude. Um, he's got new ring gear. You know, each time I see him, he's wearing something a little different, kind of testing what looks best. But he's got rid of the the singlet with his nutsack hanging out. So that's great. Um, but it was just too complex. The ring was too small for what they're trying to, to do. And the thing about it was, as they're going through the match, within three minutes, I mean, in my notes, I, I wrote down, I'm like, Rich Swan looks so much better than Jimmy Lloyd. As he will. He's been wrestling for yep. years and years and years. He got called up to WWE, obviously. Rich Swan is great at what he does. And it just, I don't want to say exposes, but it just shows, like, there's a big contrast between Jimmy Lloyd and Rich Swan, And Jimmy Lloyd, he just shouldn't be doing these kinds of PWG-style matches, you know what I mean? And um, the crowd loves Jimmy Lloyd, so they give him a lot of uh, allowances, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Um, one thing I didn't like about the match um, is they, uh, mainly Swan, Rich Swan was hitting so many loud thigh-slapping strikes to the face. Punches, elbows, kicks, and I don't mean three, I don't mean ten, I mean 20 and 30 where Jimmy Lloyd's on his knees and, and Rich Swan hits like three super kicks to the face. I'm sorry, John Cena got pinned after one. You know what I mean? Like, it got so ridiculous of me like, just pin the man, because if this was a fucking MMA fight, he'd be dead by now. You know what I mean? It was so over the top, the strikes that they did. Um, they hit three diamond cutters. Uh, you know, um, it was a good match and everything, but it was just over the top, in my opinion. It was so... it it, it There were more moves than the main match, you know, than Gage versus uh, uh, Evans. You know, it, it's just... I'm a believer, less is more. What can I say? So that's my opinion on the match. Good match, but way over the top, and just kind of slow down and do what you're more comfortable with. That's my opinion as a shitty Mark podcast douchebag. So, um, going next. Rejects versus Crane and Schlack. Uh, I thought this was the best match of the whole card. <laughs> 
this was fantastic. I'll let let you go over it first, but before I, I get my thoughts, started out it was brutal. Um, they went a hundred thousand miles per hour, all four of them. Uh, crazy, crazy fucking brawls in the crowd. Uh, Reed Brantley got dropped on his head. Looked like he was about dead at one point. Uh, they got a little tired at the end, but they just went fucking full out uh, crazy. Uh, I know they hit Murdoch with that crazy. What do they call their finisher? Do you know? The rejects. No. Uh, the, oh, the they call it something like the motherfucker driver, I think. Yeah, it fucking hit Murdoch. It was just a crazy good old brawl. It kind of reminded me of the Hate Club and the Tough Crazy Bastards when they had that series of matches in CZW. They just went... Obviously, the building's a little bit restrained because the crowd is so close, but, I mean, it was just insane. Uh, brutal. My favorite match of the card, hands down. They were, um, just to go over some of the spots and then one funny part, but they had, like, this barbed wire board, and they were outside, and they were swinging it like a chair. I mean, and uh, Reed Bentley got cut open bad. They had gusset plate to the arm spots where John Wayne Murdoch, it looked like he fucking tore a, a hunk of flesh from his arm. They um, they did this double stack thing. I, I, I don't know who it was because, I mean, I it, it was this was nonstop chaos. They didn't hit a rest hold once. I mean, it was nonstop. Um, it was... It, it it was it was an Onita tag match from 1991. I mean, it was insane. They um, but they did a thing where they were on the outside. I, I think it was Schlack. I think Schlack put Murdoch on his shoulders and Crane hit a suicide dive to the outside. All three of them crash into this staircase. It looked awful. I mean, awful. Um, Schlack starts body slamming. Uh, you know, fans. I think it was Little Louie. Onto John Wayne Murdoch. I mean, it, it, which was awesome. Like Schlack body slamming fans. This is like what Stan Hansen would have been doing if he got in a time capsule and came Wait. to now. You know, um, what else? Um, it was so funny. They were doing gusset plate spots, and in the ring, they were hitting a small package. I'm like, this is this is the best match of all time. Like, it was awesome. Blood was all over the place. Crane starts throwing stuff in the ring. They hit a, a sliced bread. Um, and then there was a point where I, I, I don't know what happened, but it was, they were going for about nine minutes and then they did something and they all fell, fell, fell down. And the crowd at this point was the first time the crowd had a moment to just be like, this is awesome. And then, ten, you know, five seconds go by 10, 30, 60, and they're laying down. And these dudes looked like they were Dead, like they looked like they were sucking air, man. Like dead, absolutely dead. And and I just started laughing. I'm like, motherfucker, you guys deserved a dirt nap, man. Um, <laughs> they set up a barbed wire table. Uh, did this, you know, double stacked up DDT off the top rope, the motherfucker driver, and Marcus Crane. Whenever he goes to pin someone, he always throws his arms up and starts just running like a little kid going to get candy, and it's always really, really funny to me. Um, 27 stars. Best match of the whole card. Absolutely awesome. Loved it. Loved every second of it. So, um, Next up, Brandon Kirk and Eric Ryan, if you want to go over that one, man. Uh, obviously, it was supposed to be Brand or Matt Tremont and Eric Ryan, but unfortunately, uh, you know, Matt's wife was ill. Um, and thankfully, she's doing a lot better now, so that's awesome. Shout out to the Tremont family. Um, this was a really good match. Um, there are some crazy spots. Um, he, where, where Brian kicked him in the face, 
and gave him that fucking belly-to-back suplex on his head on those fucking Legos. I mean, these two seemed like at one point they were going 10 million miles per hour, too. That's why I say with Brandon Kirk, I think uh, he got a lot of shit from the crowd. He got booed. And I understand because before he'd left for CGW, but I think he's a really good talent. You know, he's a young guy who can wrestle and can do the death matches. So I really think uh, he put in a good effort here, and the crowd maybe not should have been so bad on him. But the same token, too, if they want to bring him back down the road, uh great way to uh build heat well they they actually did a an angle that wasn't on the dvd where joey janela announced that the replacement was going to be dj hyde and the crowd <laughs> like went went nuclear and then brandon kirk came uh came out and said dj you know i'm i'm uh someone told me this and i might be misremembering it but you know brandon kirk was like why would dj hyde come here he sent me to do his dirty business so that's why there was so much heat but they cut that angle from the uh the dvd yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, Eric Ryan. Uh, you know, he looked awesome. Um, not much to really say. They brawled around the ring for most of it. They had this uh, chain that had like these square links on it, and they were whipping Eric Ryan because Eric Eric Ryan comes off as a guy who is like. I'm gonna get back color. Is kind of what it seems like. He's like, oh, I'm taking on, um, uh, I'm taking on John Cena. How can I get back color? What can we do to get me some back color? Like he he because they just ripped his back open and he was just bleeding all over the place. Um, definitely a match to put uh, uh, Eric Ryan over. They did one thing, which was they did the chair open chair sit down bar fight spot and Janella said it on commentary. He's like, why are we still doing this? This is you know the, the, Necro did this forever uh, ago and he was the fucking king of it. Quit doing this spot. I agree. I think it's really boring and whatever. Um, The commentary was really good. I thought Danny Havoc and Joey were really great on commentary. Danny Havoc has improved a lot, so I thought the commentary was actually really, really great. I just want to say that. But overall, uh, pretty good match. Pretty good match. They had Legos and all kinds of shit. Um, Let's see. They had the four-way. Puma King, Grim Reefer, Gringo Loco, Teddy Hart. Teddy Hart won... Um, I want to say a couple things. Number one, I was totally unimpressed with Puma King. I've heard his name for a while now. He's like, he looked really chubby in his costume. Like, he's got this gut hanging over his costume. I mean, while, I'm sorry, man. Teddy Hart was the man. Teddy Hart carried this match so hard. He looked in incredible shape, as always. You know, you forget that Teddy Hart was probably the top three wrestler in the world at one point in time. He was one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. Can't miss. And then various things happen. You know what I mean? But Teddy Hart just was the workhorse of this match. I love this match. And I usually do not like these kind of matches. And Teddy Hart was the man of this match. Uh, Puma King, I thought he missed a couple spots. I thought he looked really shitty, to be completely honest. Um... Teddy hit insane moonsaults, insane power bombs, insane you know moves. He had his cat with him. He he you know he looked like a star. Teddy Hart should be facing Gage, in my opinion. So, uh, what do you think? I really didn't watch this match, um, but I agree with your statements on Teddy Hart. I've been a Teddy Hart fan forever. Um, he was one of the best wrestlers in the world. He still is amazing. The things he does, he's so fluid in the ring. Um, if he wasn't his own worst enemy. He would be headlining WWE pay-per-views. 
Uh, he's just got a good look. He, he's amazing in the ring. His matches with Janela last year were fucking amazing. Um, I definitely think he should be, uh, you know, taking on Gage and maybe a series of matches. Maybe that'll build up a feud with them. I know Gage has kind of been not doing so much hardcore stuff in DCW. He's kind of been getting the opponent of the month, which is cool. But I, I'd rather see like a Teddy Hart and uh, Gage feud because Teddy's Teddy can be a great fucking heel too, and you'll just hate him. Teddy can be a phenomenal heel. Uh, oh so yeah, what they could do with that, and I'm sure that they can say you know they they had to have wrestled at some point in like 2005, yeah. and there's there's something to build on, and you know yeah, uh, Gage won't do you know Gage hasn't been, been doing death matches, but you could do a Teddy Hart Gage match with tables and ladders and chairs, a barbed yeah. wire board, and you know some blade jobs, and I mean dude, Teddy Hart fucking he killed it in this match, absolutely I. I was in awe of, I'm like, you know, I'm watching it, and it's like, Gringo Loco, he's what he is, he's the base god, uh, Grim Reefer, I don't know too much about him, he looks a little older, um, he was good doing flippy shit, Puma King, whatever, and Teddy Hart comes in, and he, it really looked like Teddy Hart, about five minutes in, he was like, alright, motherfucker, let me show you how it's really done, that's really what it looked like to me, um, I recommend this match big time, Teddy Hart was awesome I'll go back and watch it, I didn't have time yeah, Reefer's a guy who's been around the Jersey area for a long time, Jersey yeah. All Pro CZW, he's done some death stuff too he did some ultra-violent stuff in CZW you know, and I some think I actually hard- saw him on a, on a JCW yeah. show like in 2012 that I, I went to yeah, um so yeah, uh, good match. Very good match, mainly because of Teddy Hart. And no offense to the other guys in the match. Gringo Loco did really good. Grim Reefer was great. Uh, Puma King, I mean, he just came with a lot of hype and I don't know, whatever. Um, our next death match was G Raver versus Jeff Cannonball. Uh, go for it, Mike. Uh, these two are always good. Always enjoy these two. Uh, really nasty cinder blocks. But uh, when he put the tattoo needles in the palm of his hand. I haven't really seen that too much. That was just really a nasty, nasty spot. Um, I always enjoy when these two get in the ring. Um, I watch this match quick, so I don't have a breakdown like you will. But uh, it was a, it was a very good match. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed all the three uh, death style kind of matches uh, GCW did on this card. Um, hey, so yeah, I've started taking notes when I watch the matches, guys. Let me know if it's worth it for me to go over the matches in this much detail, or if I can chill out a little bit. But um. Because uh, this is an evolving podcast. We're trying to figure out what works and what doesn't and everything. So um, they had the barbed wire boards, a bed of nails. They might have had some other stuff in the brink. The main thing was the cinder blocks. So Jeff Cannibal and G. Raver, they've had a couple matches, and they have always used the cinder blocks. This was a little bit like the Rich Swan match, a little bit where I was watching it, and I'm like, this is a great death match. But, man... I almost don't want to watch this. I mean, it was brutal, the cinder block spots. Cinder blocks to the head, bumps on cinder blocks. They had this fucking gross spot where they uh, G. Raver was in the tree of woe. They put a cinder block against his head. Jeff Cannonball throws a cinder block into that cinder block. They both crumble. That's dangerous, guys. That is dangerous. Don't do that. I mean, that was awful. Um... Raver won. He put a bed of nails on him and hit a senton. This was something. The thing about it was, so they had three death matches on this show, and every one was very different, and each one was very good. Again, this was definitely a very good match. You know what I mean? And um, but man, was it brutal. 
I was like wincing and turning my head and like, oh, don't do this, guys. Please don't do this. I mean this. And there was no glass. But these cinder block bumps are ridiculous. Um, let's see. We got Nick Gage versus Jack Evans. Gage looked like he was having the time of his life. Big crazy smile. And I I love that Gage now, like um, more than ever, his, his character has really turned from I'm going to fucking kill you and I'm the meanest motherfucker in the fucking world. But my fans and me are, are fucking having a party, man. Like he when he's in the 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 crowd, he's got this smile and he looks like a he he looks like a little kid in like Chuck E. Cheese or something. I mean, he looks like he's having so much fun. Uh Jack Evans played total heel. He hit him before the bell. They had the match that you would think it would be good pace, great match, 452 the floor. Only thing I want to say is I've never liked the way that uh, Nick Gage hits two pile drivers and a power bomb. That's a bit much, but whatever. Uh, really great, great match. Great topper to the end end of the night. O- you know, it only went nine or ten minutes. The crowd was went ape shit for it. Great show. Thumbs up. Huge thumbs up. The best show that they've run in this venue since uh, going there. Um, I don't know. Did, were you able to watch this one? I watched it. Yeah, I I don't really have anything to add from what you said. I would agree with you. I don't have much more to add. Definitely. Uh, I'd like to see Gage and some more deathmatch kind of stuff. But it's cool he's branching out and just like I said with Mance Warner, bringing more value to the title because he can defend it in a hardcore deathmatch. Then he can wrestle the top wrestlers in the world like Teddy Hart and Rich Swan and these other people. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, okay, well, uh, since we're on Game Changer Wrestling and we're talking about Nick Gage, uh, you know, they've got, they've been announcing some sh- some matches for shows coming up, so if you want to go over, uh, oh, well, okay, so first of all, the, the big, I'll, I'll go over the big news, and then we can go over the smaller matches that, that they've announced. Um, they added a second night to Spring Break, uh, so Spring Break is now, there's going to be two different spring, spring Break shows, and they're advertising that they're going to have completely different cards. And the second night is going to have the the biggest clusterfuck ever, the world's greatest clusterfuck or whatever. And um, the first night is going to have Onita and all this type of stuff. So it's going to be two totally different cards. There's not gonna they're not gonna share anybody basically. Things sold out in one minute flat. So that's two eighty thousand dollar plus gates that they've sold uh, for Mania Weekend, and they've also got Bloodsport, which I'm guessing Bloodsport by the end of the day is going to sell out. So they're gonna really kill at Mania Weekend, but um, if you want to go over what uh, what new shows and matches have they been announcing the past week? Uh, they've been announcing some stuff for their uh, 400 Degrees show in Chicago. Uh, Nate Webb is going to be taking on Marcus Crane in a fuckery boards match. Uh, so obviously that's really cool because uh, Nate hasn't done a death match in forever. And uh, the fact that he's coming out to do this match, he said he's kind of talked about it on Twitter. He wants to. That he's going to be taking on uh, Marcus Crane in Chicago. That's definitely a cool match. Uh, Dice Game Soka had been announced before, and they, they finally announced his opponent. It's going to be Ellis Cologne. So that's going to be a, a really uh, a crazy, 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 crazy match. Um, absolutely. Uh, you know, seeing Cologne... And um, Soka definitely will be a cool, cool match. Uh, the Dynasty, now, now the Dynasty, hold up, second here. The Dynasty announced a bunch of matches too. Uh, KTB against Jungle Boy. Uh, Kikatara from Japan against Orange Cassidy. Uh, White Trash Disaster. Uh, Slack. And uh, 
Marcus Crane against G Raver and Jeff Cannonball. That's probably going to be an insane, crazy, crazy wild matchup. Uh, Matt Tremont and uh, Eric Ryan. Obviously, it didn't happen the last show, so it's going to happen at this next show on December 29th. And also, uh, they announced Matt Tremont for 400 degrees. He'll be in Chicago. Uh, so it's definitely uh, what they've announced on those shows coming up. So it's a lot of cool things going on there in these Temple shows. Um, it's looking like 400 degrees is going to be a really deathmatch-heavy show. So for the crazy maniacs like myself, it's definitely uh, something that uh, I'm looking forward to seeing. Obviously, we talked before they announced uh, Shinjiro Otani uh, for... Uh, Spring break all for GCW. And then for the blood sport, they announced Hideki Suzuki uh, from Big Japan, Timothy Thatcher, uh, Jonathan Grisham. So they've announced some talent for uh, the uh, Josh Barnett blood sport show, too. So that's looking like that's going to be a pretty wild and crazy show. Um, supposedly on Christmas Day, I've heard there's going to be a big announcement about that February show, the show that has a star next to it. So everybody, uh, you know, might want to, in between open and presents, take a minute and uh, you know, look online because supposedly GCW is going to have a major, major announcement. It's going to change the game that day. I, I, I've said a few times, man. They looked into to that name, you know, because like we talk about combat zone wrestling. They're kind of, you know, it's it's combat zone wrestling, you know. So it's got to be a combat zone. But with Game Changer Wrestling, they could do anything, man. They looked into it with that name. Um. Well, cool, awesome about the Christmas announcement. I can't wait. Uh. Let's see what else. Anything else in games? Oh, uh, I also want to want to make mention. Um, Danny Demonto. I think we talked about this last week, but I'll just go over it one more time. He's having his fair farewell match at, at the end of the year against Amazing Red. So wish him nothing but the best, of course. Um, what else? What else? I have to make sure. PCO versus Masato Tanaka is on. That is definite. It's oh. going to be. I th- I'm pretty sure it's going to be PCO's final. Uh, non-ROH indie match. So that yeah, is on. He actually uh, wrestled a match in ROH this weekend on a TV taping. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it'll be his last. Uh, he formed a new faction in Ring of Honor with Brody King and Marty Skrull, the Villains Incorporated. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, good for him. Uh, I, I don't watch a lot of ROH, but I think I might. You know, I'm, 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 I'm always going to check out PCO. So they've, they've been busy. They they just announced they signed. You know, this isn't deathmatch related, but tonight it was announced they signed Bandito too. Yeah, I saw, and it, it's it's hey, um. Uh, it makes Tracy me wonder Hill. how much you know how much money is like. I I I didn't think about, it, but it's like with the Bucks and Cody and them leaving, they're gonna free up a lot of money. You know. Yeah, and they're a very uh, Sinclair is is a very big company. Um, they have a lot of money behind them. They own a lot of television stations. Uh, they're they're far wealthier than anybody behind Impact or anything else, or with the exception of New Japan, probably any other Japanese. But they have a lot of money behind them. Uh, the owner is a billionaire, so they have a lot of a lot of money behind them too. So yeah, I've heard they're gonna have another couple major announcements too. I know Saber signed a deal with them. Juice Robinson's gonna be competing more. So I'm actually gonna start watching it more because I was so sick of the Bucks and Cody. Um, the fact they're bringing all these guys in, this new talent, it's, it's cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a new direction. I mean, they're bringing in PCO, and he's going to be, I'm, I'm guessing he's going to be like the uh, Kane, you know, the monster gatekeeper, the uh, guy who you have to beat to beat the main guy is what I'm guessing. Um, it's, you know, uh, good for ROH. So Yeah. 
definitely. Um, let's see, some other U.S. news. Uh, Adam Bueller, uh, he announced that he's going to be retiring. He he hasn't had a match in a, a, you know, quite a while. Um, I'll let you go over it. You know, uh, who is Adam Bueller? And, uh, you know, just tell people about his career. Adam Bueller is an independent wrestler. Um, he wrestled out of the Indiana area. Uh, he's been known for doing uh, a death matches. Uh, he's done a lot of barefoot and Lego matches. Uh, he's competed in IWA Mid South. Um, he's competed in VOW. He's went out to California uh, for Mister uh, California's XWW. He also was in the first Blood Brothers Cup. He's been in um, probably most wrestling in Colorado. Also, uh, he's been around for a while. Um, he done some. He did a Deep South match. For the last Carnage Cup. Um, I've interviewed him before. He's a really nice guy. Um, I thought he was a really good talent. Um, he was he kind of went by this anar- anarchist gimmick. Um, he hasn't wrestled in over a year. Um, you know, he's he's had some cool matches in VOW. He's had some cool matches, um, you know, with Connor Claxton. They, he was in a six-way at the Lords of Anarchy 3. It was a pretty wild match. Um, him and Bobby Hollywood were against J.D. Horn, Masada, in the one BPW uh, show. He's had some really good matches in VOW with G. Raver. They had an insanity match a couple of years ago. His barefoot match with Colt 45, I enjoyed a lot in uh, the Carnage Cup a few years ago. He did some uh, let us a lot of stuff with Mid South early on, but I think there was you know he had a problem with Ian, some kind of fallout, the things that happened. Um, you know he was a VOW guy quite regularly even before VOW started doing the death matches. Uh, Adam was there quite a bit. Um, he, you know he actually teamed with Mance Warner a few matches, and then he had a bunch of four ways there with Josh Crane, Alexa Dale Patricks. I know him and uh, Dale and Josh. They used to ride together a lot. He, he even competed in uh, you know a bunch of. Uh, I would say 2013 to 2015, I did way mid-south matches. I mean, he started out kind of on the independent scene in Indiana. He did a lot of, uh, you know, stuff in Indiana and Michigan early on. He's actually been, you know, wrestling for a while. He started out, I want to say his first year was uh, 2004. Um, in the really small wrestling promotions in Indiana, he started out wrestling as the, the sickness. And then he eventually went with the name Adam Bueller, which is a part of his real name. Um, and, you know, he did his way through the Indies for years. He wrestled in a lot of those small WCWO, EWF, NWA Underground, Indiana promotions. Uh, probably in NWA Underground is probably where he met. He got noticed by Ian. I know he did some of the tryout shows. I think the first 2000 appearance in Mid-South was 2008. It's a tryout show against Ryan Epic. So, you know, he's a guy who really loved doing death matches. Uh, he, he really... Loved it. Um, he was an upbeat guy. He really loved doing his anarchist gimmick where he used to cut himself with the light tube. And he's been battling uh, really bad uh, cancer. Really, really bad. Um, so uh, I know, you know, they've done some different things. Ian donated one card to him, to money to help him out. So that's awesome for Ian Rott for doing that. They ran a big Adam Bueller's Day Off show. A lot of people helped him. But unfortunately, he got some news from a doctor that he's no longer really able to wrestle. So it's very sad. Um you know, Adam, we hopefully that, you know, he continues to kick, uh, kick cancer's ass and hopefully we see him around and, you know, who knows, maybe down the road, but it's definitely, uh, you know, 
I send my prayers and thoughts to him and his family. But he's a guy who's been around for a while. You know, in 2005, he had a really good matchup in the uh, Prince of Death matches with Dale Patrick, somebody who he's faced a bunch of times. He kind of fall into that, you know, club with Dale and uh, and those folks. So I just think uh, it's very sad that uh, he had to retire that way. But, uh, you know, my thoughts and prayers are uh, for him. He was trained by Shark Boy, too. Um, obviously an Indiana guy, but no Shark Boy. So that's kind of the deal, what's going on with uh, Mr. Bueller. All right, yeah, we, uh, you know, nothing but nothing but love and prayers and everything else, you know. Uh, going through that type of stuff is obviously hard, you know, hard to do. So, okay, um... Let's see. Uh, H2O announced some uh, some matches for the for their Merry Christmas show. Uh, if you want to go over that one, yep, um, they're going to be having a cage match uh, at the the uh, Merry and Christmas show. Um, they're starting to show the cage. Uh, I'm not going to say anything bad about it yet. They're just beginning to build it. I'm just hoping it doesn't turn into like the VOW uh, cage. But, it um, already looks a lot better than the VOW cage. But, yeah, it, it is made of wood, you know. The best you can out of wood. Um, Alice Clone will be taking on Ron Mathis. Uh, Danny Havoc is going to be the special referee in that cage match. The second annual Christmas Rumble, weapons are legal. Uh, the winner will win a spot in uh, Hardcore Kingdom 3 this year in March. Uh, Devin Moore and Drew Blood, Notorious Inc., will be challenged the extricated Aiden Bale and Bam Sullivan with Mouth for the Tag Team Championship. The H2O uh, Hybrid Championship, Mark Angel is returning to take on Dan O'Hare. Uh, Lucky 13 will be taking on Jimmy Lloyd. And the first time ever, uh, Matt Tremont will be taking on Cheeseburger. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to take him on in the last show because Cheeseburger was ill. So they will be um, the match they're supposed to have at Bloody Burgers they're going to have uh, at this H2O show. Also, H2O announced in January, uh, Subterranean 4... Volume 4, The King of the Underground. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit about that real quick, because I have been. That's going to be January 27th in Williamstown. They've announced uh, a lot of lineup. You know, fans, you can bring weapons. Um, it's a taping. I thought it was going to be a tournament, but I'm not sure now. Because it doesn't say that here, so I don't want to say it's going to be a tournament. I think it's just going to be a, a hardcore death event. Um, it's the King of the Underground. Um, it begins at 2 p.m. Uh, so prices are a little bit more, $40 per person. That includes food and drinks. Um, it also includes entry into the Royal Rumble uh, watch party after the taping. So you can get a whole day of it. You can go there, eat, drink, uh, watch some great deathmatch wrestling, then hang around and watch the Royal Rumble. They've announced uh, quite a bit of talent for it so far. Uh, Dan O'Hare, Slack, Jimmy Lyons, Stockade, Mitch Vallon. Uh, Jeff Cannonball, Castle Valentine, which is cool, uh, Drew Chaos, Matt Trema, G. Raver, Devin Moore, Drew Blood, uh, Jimmy Lloyd, Danny Gallagher, Connor Claxton, uh, Louis Ramos, and then they're supposed to announce some more talent, too. So that sounds like a promising thing. I know I like to enjoy their H2O uh, Deathmatch extravaganza. They've also announced that March 19th is going to be the Hardcore Kingdom, and Marcus Crane is your first entrant. He will be making his H2O debut uh, March 9th in Williamstown, New Jersey uh, for uh, for this big show. So, obviously, uh, that's going to be exciting to see Marcus there. April 26th, they're running a show. And all I know is that they said stay tuned because there's going to be big things. So, going to have to wait and see what's going to happen on that show because they said uh, you know, there's big things coming in the future. I've heard... Uh, 
that's going to be in Williamstown, too. I've heard rumors that we may see Onita at some point in H2O. Who knows? But uh, I don't know if that'll be the show or not, but I guess we'll have to stay tuned. Uh, like you said earlier, H2O does such a good job, like GCW, of promoting their shows, letting you know months ahead what's happening, who's coming in, if there's changes on the card, they're right up front about it. Um, it's really cool the way Matt does that. I know we had a really good interview with him a while ago. Um so it's cool the way he does that, just like Danny and Brett, they, they communicate with the fans and they utilize social media as opposed to fighting social media like sometimes TZW does. Um, you know, I, I recently had a run in with DJ Hyde and I wasn't going to talk about that earlier, but, you know, he sent a message because we posted some CZW matches on our, our cult webpage, Deathmatch Cult, check us out. And he said, you know, we need to take them down, which was no big deal. They're his matches. I'm not arguing that point at all. But then he had to, unfortunately, you know, my team is threatening and we're going to turn you guys in. Just, just tell me you want it down. That's all, you know. I'm not going to bash DJ. Um, I've liked what Cage of Death, I've liked what CZW is doing. Um, will I still watch him? Yeah. But we won't cover anything on the cult page anymore um, because, you know, DJ doesn't want us to have videos or clips or anything on there. So, you know, we've taken everything down. Um, but, you know, we try to promote his promotion. Um, you can go on YouTube and the same matches are there because that's where we, we, we borrowed most of them from. Uh, they're on, you know, other sites, other deathmatch groups. And I'm sure he's probably reached out to them too. But at the end of the day, I mean, we're trying to help. I don't, we're trying to help promote your promotion. I don't think, I think people are still going to buy things. I still buy things. I like to see things ahead. I'll watch matches, clips. If I like something, I'll go and buy it. Um, but like I said, it's his choice. I'm not going to bash him. But just in the future, you know, DJ, you don't need to threaten people. Just, just say it. I mean, I know you were trying to come across as a nice guy. You're trying to play devil's advocate. But just say, hey, you want this stuff down. It's your stuff. I respect that. Uh, your team, I don't know who they are. The notorious team. I was very upset with us. So I'll apologize. Uh, team, very sorry. Very sorry you're upset with us. You won't have to worry anymore, team. We, we won't have any CZW on there. Thank you, team. Okay. All right. Uh, cool. Um, one, oh, and one more show to go over really quickly. Um, ICCW out of Milwaukee. They've um, They announced some more stuff coming up as well, right? They did. They did. Uh, just give me one second here. Um, real, this real quick, I want to say, ICW is awesome, and I always feel really bad that we don't have more coverage of them. I mean, there's a couple things. They're um, they're just a little harder to. There, there's so much going on, and you know what? As you said, Combat Zone Wrestling is not going to be on the page anymore. Why don't you use that extra thirty minutes a week? Put it on those guys, because those guys are kicking ass. But if you want to go over the upcoming shows, go ahead for go for it. Oh, we, we do. They post their stuff all the time. Actually, Dysfunction reached out to me today. Um, Bucky Hens, uh, my, uh, the guy, uh, I do, uh, a good friend of ours, uh, the cult page admin, Bucky's Road Stories, which you can also catch on our, our, uh, our cult podcasting network, um, wrestling cult. Um, Bucky's actually going to be streaming the main event, Marcus Crane and... Uh, or invent it live exclusively on a deathmatch call page. Uh, so I want to thank this function for making that happen. He messaged me today. I think it's awesome. And I want to thank Bucky for doing that. And then Friday, uh, we're going to be recording the next episode of uh, Road Stories. So hopefully that'll be up on a weekend for you folks to listen to. So uh, that's something that's cool. Yeah, we got much love for ICW on the call and on this podcast. So yeah, we do uh, we do a lot of things at ICW. Um, and like I said, their show, uh, their uh yeah, excuse me. 
their main event from that show, which I'm sure is going to be an absolutely crazy match, uh, will be exclusive on the call page. So you can check that out. Um, it's uh, just the 20th. I'm trying to find her page. For some reason, I'm having a problem here. Insane Wrestling Crew. Here we go. So, uh, like I said, and like you said, there's definitely a promotion to check out. If you haven't checked them out, uh, their Insane 8 was killer. Uh, they're bringing in a lot of talent. Slack is coming in. Jimmy Lloyd's coming in. Dan O'Hare's coming in next year. Um, they've already said that uh, this year, this is really going to make the Insane 8 special. So, it's a promotion you really should check out. We've always got their matches on, on the call page and this said today in a, in a you know a thing about the CZW he said he's going to continue to share on the call page because he feels that helps his promotion get seen and noticed so I appreciate that a lot of promoters do see that and notice that and I work with a lot of promoters closely um, they'll send me stuff or we'll hype stuff we'll do interviews around their big events I've done it for Blood Brothers I've done it for Ian Rotten I've done it for CZW before uh, pre-tournament death you know I'll interview the wrestlers are going to be on the shows or I'll interview the uh, you know the promoter because uh, that's the purpose of my page is to help people um help what I love, this thing called Deathmatch Wrestling, you know, and get people to see it. So that's something we always do. So December 20th is the Xmas party. As I said, the main event is going to be a light tube deathmatch. That is going to be Marcus Crane and the Dark Prophet Oren Vett, a guy who I think is going to be one of the uh, major, major stars of Deathmatch Wrestling over the course of the next couple of years. Um, also on this card, uh, we have Michael Elgin, is going to be making his return. He's going to be uh, taking on the world champion, Joey Avalon, a guy who I think is kind of underrated, who people don't see. I think if he was in New Jersey and uh, other areas, he would be over more. So I think you know you should really check that out. That's going to be a cool match. Uh, the Foley brothers are going to be taking on the Bear Kingdom for the ICW uh, Tag Team Championship. The Foley brothers are both guys that have done death matches too. So that should be a cool match. Um, Adam Grace is going to be taking on Yanni uh, Granos, a couple of younger guys that, that both wrestle there. And then, like I said, the main event is going to be Oren Vedit and Marcus Crane in a light tube, excuse me, Xmas gimmicks, light tubes, and fuckery boards. Um, these two had a really great matchup at ICW a while back, and they were supposed to meet in the finals of the Insane Eight until Marcus got hurt. So uh, this is a feud that's been brewing for a while and, and going, and uh, I can only imagine with the fuckery boards and the light tubes and the Christmas gimmicks, this is going to be a crazy, crazy matchup. Um, and that's going to be this Thursday. Like I said, you can watch Marcus and Oren Vedit exclusively on the Deathmatch Cult page this Thursday night. Please tune in, check us out, check out that match. Uh, we're big supporters of uh, Insane Championship Wrestling uh, and Dysfunction, a rich, rich history of uh, Deathmatch Wrestling in Milwaukee with MAW. Um, you know, they did a lot of crazy stuff back in the day. I know next year there's a lot of shows planned already. Uh, January is going to be the Insane Rumble. I'm just taking a look at that real quick. You know, that's going to be a, a crazy, crazy thing. Uh, Slack is coming in. Dan O'Hare is coming in in different times. Uh, Jimmy Lloyd is coming in to some shows. So, you know, those are guys you're going to be able to see next year. And this has promised that uh, Insane 8 this next year is going to be even crazier. And like I said, just Insane 8 this last year was awesome. Uh, February 24th, uh, Insanity Crusade, uh, Schlack will be coming in. Uh, Dan O'Hare will be taking on also. Schlack will be taking on Marcus Crane. In ICW. Boy, they've had some fucking crazy matches, huh? In GCW. That's going to be the February show. And making his ICW debut, the big scare Dan O'Hare will be taking on Psycho Chase McCoy, another guy who's 
had some really cool stuff with Danny Havoc over the years in that area and some real cool death matches. So that's going to be the February card. So, um, you know, that looks really, just those two matches there look amazing. Uh, also, Oren Vedit will be taking on Jimmy Lloyd in a death match. Wow, that, that's stacked up right there. Marcus Crane, Slack, Oren Vedit, and Jimmy Lloyd, a rematch of their H2O match that I really enjoyed. And Dan O'Hare and Chase McCoy. So that February show is stacked. So really, check out Insane Championship Wrestling. Uh, the shows are going to be coming out on Smart again. Uh, it's a really cool, intimate arena. It's where GGW did Wisconsin Deathmatch. Uh, Danny Havoc's Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin Deathmatch uh, trip. So definitely check them out. That's what's kind of going on in ITW. And, uh, you know, here on the Deathmatch Radio News, we support them. Same with Deathmatch Cult. Um, again, Thursday night, if you want to watch Marcus Crane or Invet it, you can watch it one place. You can watch it on the Deathmatch Cult. Um, one other show I, I forgot about on uh, January 13th, I believe, the day before the GCW Chicago 4000 degree show, there's going to be a GCW yep. versus Freelance uh, show, which they've done that before. And um, yep. they they say it's going to be ultra violent rules. So it, it sounds like it might be a deathmatch show as well. So cool. That's, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. Uh, and we also had the Unsanctioned Pro show coming up also. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go over that for us. Yeah, I'm pulling that uh, out on my main page here. Unsanctioned Pro will be making its return to Columbus, Ohio on January 5th. Um, here They've released the card. Um, they're having a heavyweight title tournament. Uh, first round, Devin Moore against Ellis Cologne. Uh, Mance Warner against Conor Clapton. Myron Reed against Trey Lamar. And then in a sudden death scramble, or scramble, scramble, I don't know what the fuck a scramble is, scramble, Matthew Justice against Sage and Scotty Young, Everett Cross, Jake Andrews, and Lexus Montez. There's going to be a three-way tag match. This is the match that I'm excited about. Uh, the Rejects against the Ugly Ducklings against Slack and Maria Manic. That's going to be a wild match. Uh, good luck, Ducklings. Uh, that's going to be a wild match. Uh, non-tournament matches, Dale Patricks will be taking on MV Young. Plus, whoever holds the UPW Hardcore title will defend it in the main event, uh, featuring Eric Ryan, Casanova Valentine, Cody Rice, and a still-to-be-announced challenger. So I really enjoyed the first couple Unsanctioned Pro shows. That's another promotion you know, in Ohio I think people should really check out. Um, I really think it's cool uh, what they're doing out there, you know, and, and matches they have and the talents they're using. So definitely, please check out Unsanctioned Pro. Also, in February, uh, we had the big uh, Blood Brothers show, which is going to have uh, Slack against BC Killer, and it's going to have Matt Tremont and Cutter, which I think really could be a breakout match. Well, I don't say a breakout match, but a two really great workers, and I think people are going to be surprised when it goes into that match. Um, I think it's going to be a really amazing match. I don't think people are going to think it's going to be as good as it is, but uh, I really think that's going to be uh, an amazing, amazing matchup uh, for Blood Brothers. And I know Blood Brothers is going to run six shows this year, and they've advertised you know, way ahead of what their shows are. Uh, Aiden Blackheart's going to be taking on Shane Mercer in a uh, Shane, Shane Mercer doesn't do a lot of death matches, but if anyone's seen his no rope barbed wire match, might have him himself, but his Zaya, it was absolutely amazing. Uh, they've announced one-on-one homeless Jimmy against Funny Bone. Uh, Crimson Cup winner Michael Kruger will be taking on Terex. Four corners of pain match, Slack, BC Killer. 
Isaiah will be taking on Human Tornado, and there's going to be more to announce. That's a really good card. Um, I'm psyched about Blood Brothers. I really like Sage and Kyle. I think they're cool people, and I think they're really uh, going all in this year, and that's a really good card. California doesn't get much, so it's cool that they got those matches announced already, and it looks like a really good card to check out. Fantastic. Um, okay, uh, so let's see. Uh, let's we can go on to. Oh, I want to make one one more comment, and then we'll go on to Lucha News. Um, there's a guy. I don't know his name. Maybe you know his name. Sorry, Mike. I got. I'm really sick at the moment. Um, one moment, guys. Mike, fill me. You know, give me twenty seconds. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. There's not a whole lot of Lucha News right now. Um, they haven't, like I said last month. Um. Christmas time, uh, they don't really do a whole lot of matches for the one week. Uh, I know DTU just did make some sort of announcement. Um, I'm just going to pull that up right now. I know the uh, Zona will be returning in January. They haven't announced any matches yet. But DTU has got a card coming up where Crazy Frank on their tournament uh, will be taking on their champion, Crazy King. I do not have the exact information on that. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, it's kind of an interpromotional feud. It's AKE, which is Crazy Frank, uh, versus uh, the DTU guys. So it's kind of cool that there's different promotions there. Uh, also, DTU on the 18th has a card. It's going to be CMLL versus DTU. Um, it's got Felino in the main event against uh, Jimmy. It's also got Crazy King against uh, Crazy Frank and Pernico. Uh, they will be having a, a solo match later on, but this is the DTU anniversary. Um, Jimmy will be taking on Odis. And then on the 16th of December, which is today, they all have another card. Uh, Crazy Boy took on Prince Kamache. I'm just trying to look at the whole card here. And then they had an elimination-type tournament with some younger guys. Uh, Cuervo Seoya, Tigerfly, Raul Vadil, Hadis, Invincible Jr. So they had a little tournament there. So when I get results from that, it didn't look like an ultra-violent show, just a straight-up kind of show. The second, the first show I talked about will be ultra-violent uh, with Crazy Frank and the DTU guys. And AKE guys against the DTU guys. So it's kind of what's going on DTU. Why Zona hasn't announced uh they've announced they're returning in january but they haven't made any other really uh, big announcements i know uh ngx is going to be coming back in january february also uh guantos is supposed to be doing uh i've heard uh, uh i know they want to do a barefoot thumbtack match which i don't think they're been Mexico on their next card but they haven't announced it yet because the promoter had reached out to me so i don't know exactly uh when or where we, we may have that going on I don't see uh, any information as to when the next Zona Zona card is going to be either yet. So we'll kind of have to all wait and see. All right, cool. So uh, before we <clears throat> excuse me, before we go on to Japan, uh, I want to say there's a guy making a documentary. Got, oh, go on. I just got a. I need like a minute too, so I just want to let you know if you ask me something I don't answer. Oh, okay. I just need like a minute. Okay. Okay, yeah, no problem. So there's a guy, um, he's making a documentary. It's called uh, Hard Way. And it's going to be a documentary about death matches, a lot of interviews with, with guys, which this is something I've always been really curious about. I'm, I'm really into, like, the subversive side of the world. And death matches are definitely subversive. They're definitely strange, you know. And um, he just interviewed the, the, the Rejects and a couple other guys. 
and he, you know, he's going around to different shows, and it, it looks like it's going to be a really good production. Well, um, we're going to have him on the show next week for an interview, so uh, I'm really excited about that. Um, let's see, uh, I got a lot of Japanese news going on. So, uh, first of all, we do have the Bloody Christmas uh, card, the full card, the main event, the full card. Um, so, on January 6th, um, Freedoms ran a show at Shinkiba where they had a, a one-night tournament to decide who's going to face uh, Masashi Takeda for the KFC title at uh, Bloody Christmas. And they, um, they uh, you know, they had... Jukasai defeated Daisuke Masaoko in the in the 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 first round. It, so it was a four person tournament. So Ju so Ju Jukasai defeated uh, Masaoka in uh, hardcore core match. Takashi Sasaki defeated uh, Tomoya Harata in uh, also a ladders hardcore match. I mean, and um, then in the main event, Kasai defeated uh, Sasaki in in a light two match. I was able to see the show. The show was up on Nico Nico. You can get it, you can watch it if you go to uh, Twitter and follow Perorisu Dream, at Perorisu Dream, and they put the stuff up on Google Video and you can watch it there. Um, the rest of the show was your standard freedom show, a lot of tag stuff. It did, it did have the re-debut of uh, Ciclope and Mieto Extremo, who teamed with Violento Jack in a six-man tag, and they went over and everything. It was you know, a pretty good match. Um... The main event, Kasai versus Sasaki, it was one of those, you know, good, not great, legends, 12-minute, run-through-your-big-spots kind of match. You know, it wasn't, like, the main thing. But I do want to say one thing, and I, I feel like I say this every week. Kasai is looking rough. Like, he's just looking rough, man, obviously, as you're going to do at the age that he's at after doing what he's done for 20 years now. But he is looking a bit rough, you know. Um... I wish it would have been Harada in the main event, to be honest. I, I think Harada could have, should have got the big win over Sasaki and went into the main event and had a big main event death match, his first main event death match what, that it would have been. But, um, so that's the the match. Let me pull up the full card here. Um, okay, so we're also going to have uh, Violento Jack and Masaoka. They're going to take on uh, Ciclope and, and Miedo Extremo in a death match of some sort. I'm guessing light tubes and shit. And um, it's, you know, four friends having a match when, it, you know, that is always like a great recipe for just a great match. And hopefully it'll be a great, a great showcase for, you know, uh, you know, Ciclope and Miedo Extremo to get back in so that come like January, February, March, they can start main eventing some of the bigger shows because Freedoms just needs new talent and new matches. And this is a great way to push these guys who have been in the company for a while and get them into some bigger matches, so good for them. Uh, the main event, Jukasai versus Takeda. I don't know what this is going to be. It's going to be, they call it a sleepy glass board death match, and each wrestler is also going to bring their own board. So think like scissor boards, God forbid pigeon spikes or something stupid like that. Um, <laughs> you know, board, you, huh? Yeah, so, it, so it's going to be a double sleepy glass board. I don't know what that means. We'll have to see. Maybe it means they're going to like put, you know, sometimes they'll have a barbed wire, or I'm sorry, a glass board with like, they'll glue thumbtacks all over it or th or something. Maybe. I, I really don't know. Um, I got to blow my nose. Do you want to, um, do you have comments about that? Uh, I will say, uh, Stephen just talked about this last show. Um, you can watch exclusively, uh, 
well, not exclusive, but you can watch uh, Sasaki and Kasai on the Deathmatch Cult page. I recently uploaded that match. So that's something if you want to check out. Stephen was just talking about it. The winner gets to uh, go on and uh, face uh, Takeda at uh, Bloody Christmas. Um, I know you kind of think you think Asai will probably take the belt. I, I hope Takeda keeps it. But, uh, you know, he's had it for a while, so they may try to switch things up. Um, I, I would give it to, uh, you know, someone else. Seco play, Dice K, someone... Uh, else, but we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, he's had it for a while. It's Kasai's big card, so you know he probably will win it. But definitely uh, sounds like an interesting card. You're going to be at that, correct? Oh yeah, um, I'm actually going with a bunch of friends. It's going to be me and uh, Jeff Skelton. I know a lot of people know him. He goes to a lot of the Game Changer shows, and then uh, two of my Japanese friends, Taka Nakayama. He runs the the um, the Freebirds online store. He's like the official reseller of us uh, of Smart Mark Video over in Japan, and he's he's like the Japanese me. He runs a Japanese blog, doing the same stuff. So him and me are always translating each other's articles for the other guy. He speaks really good, really good English, and he's just such a great guy. So I'm gonna be at the the Bloody Christmas, um. Dude, I'm going to so much shit, it's off the wall. This is going to be the best Japanese trip ever. I mean, it's like a video game. I feel like I finally, like, this is my eighth time through, and now I know, like, all of the little tricks and traps <laughs> and everything. So I'm, I'm super stoked, man. Um, what did you think of that match, by the way? Uh, you know, Kasai and Sasaki. It, you know, obviously, as you said, uh, these two have been through wars. Um, it wasn't what you would have seen in 2005. Um, it was an okay match. It was like an old-timers match. That's how I kind of felt. You know, they did the light tubes. You know, it was in insane, crazy spots. Um, but it was a good match. Um, you know, uh, Sasaki, I always, always, always think of his feud with uh, Ryuji Ito, which is one of my favorites. I don't think he gets enough credit. Um, I thought they had absolutely insane, insane matches, um, you know, in BJW. And then Kasai, obviously, has had too many insane matches to talk about. So it was a, it was a good match. Um, overall, um, I don't know, like I said, booking-wise, I don't know that I, I need to see Kasai as the Freedom Champ again. I don't think he needs a title. He's a legend. Um, obviously, maybe it's time to take it off to Kata, but I, I'd like to see him have it a little bit longer. Um, maybe down the road with a sequel player, somebody different, or, you know, or give Masoka another run and build him up. But we'll, we'll see. It'll be definitely interesting to see. Um... I kind of agree, man. I actually agree. You know, because Freedoms run so sporadically, um, you know, Kasai uh, did, you know, he, he beat Jack for the title. He has first defense against Mieto Extremo. He has second defense against Kasai, and now he's wrestling Kasai uh, again. You know, he could have a rematch against Jack, a match against Cyclope, a, a match against Gentaro. He could have a lot of more sure. matches. And um, Kasai, the only thing about it from like a booking standpoint, I don't know what June Kasai is doing. You know, he everything that I'm about to say is very public. He's posted on Twitter, posted it in on his blog or what, which he doesn't really update anymore. But you know, he's posted. He's been very open that. 2018, he started wrestling for DDT, and now that's kind of ended. And he, um, uh, he's you know he's done a lot more more matches. And he said pretty much straight up, he was like, "I my son is turning 18 soon. It's Japanese 
custom to buy your son a house when he's ready to get married. So they've got to save up money to get his son an apartment or a house or a condo or whatever. It's just Japanese custom that that's what you do for your child, you know, and he needed that money, you know, and the thing about Japan that people don't really know, um, Japan has a, uh, 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 an, an, an overall luxury tax rate of 55 percent, 55 percent of all luxury, uh, or, or wealth or whatever goes into the, the taxes. They have free health care. The retirement is very robust compared to any other their nation. So they actually have one of the lowest rates of like millionaires in the whole world. People who own big, big chains of restaurants, they make a couple hundred grand, but they don't make millions. You know what I mean? So there's a different idea of wealth over there. So a lot of people say, you know, I've seen the Jukasai, he just lives in some, you know, some, some, some small house and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but in Japan, nobody owns mansions. You know, no, nobody, the system is not made to be a billionaire, you know, and, um, it's also, it's a small country. It's half the size of California and half of that is mountains, you know, so it's not that big. Um, the population is only, is only a hundred million people, which that's a lot, but it's, what do you think about in context? Anyway, what I'm trying to get at is I don't – and then his body really looks like it's breaking down. You know, Masada has said in interviews that Kasai, when he's in the ring, it's 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 on. But when he's out of the ring, he's got knee problems from doing that splash every night. You know, he – um you know, he posted on Twitter. He he openly said on Twitter last year when he was out for like three three months with the infection in his finger – June Kasai openly posted that he's like, being in the hospital for three months is starting to really financially hit me. You know, um, he's opened up the crazy, um, the crazy factory T-shirt store, which that's that's his day job. You know, he goes, he fills out order forms, he drives around boxes to he uh, networks between artists to other people. It's not just making wrestling shirts. You know, they do a lot of different design work for a lot of different businesses. So that's Kasai's side job that's being set up that when it's time to not wrestle full-time anymore that's going to be his job you know a lot of the wrestlers will open up a restaurant or a store or a bar or whatever well this is going to be his sunset you know is going to be running this merchandise store and um maybe you know i don't know where i'm going i know i'm 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 kind of rambling but if kasai loses this match i think that that is the sign that he's no longer that he's going to officially transition into a part-time-ish schedule and start building to a not retirement but semi-retirement farewell end of the era match against Ryuji Ito which there's rumblings might be happening for the Freedom's 10th anniversary show I mean you know, nothing's official. Some of my Japanese friends have said, "Oh, when you're at when you're at the bar, and people say, I heard, I heard.' That's like the little rumbling and stuff." So, if Kasai loses this match, I would anticipate 2019 to be his last full time year where he's wrestling. You know, he wrestles 90 to 100 times per year, and I would imagine that if he loses, blah 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 blah. If he wins. You know, there'll be defenses against new guys, build up the next dude, maybe new talent comes in, whatever. But that's what I would say from the booking. Um, does that make sense, Mike? I know I rambled for a while. Oh, absolutely. It makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. So, okay. Um, all right, cool. And uh, But the other thing about it is Ta Takeda 
you know, I know that you also follow him on Twitter. Uh, so I want to go over really quick. So Takeda bought an, an, an owl. It's named number 12. So yeah, Takeda's owl has its own Twitter. And it is kind of fun watching Takeda raise an owl and train the owl and stuff. And it would be like, wouldn't you want a, a Twitter account of Nick Gage doing husbandry for his pet iguana? Wouldn't that be kind of fun to watch, you know? Um, so, uh, but what I'm trying to get at is... Takeda, you know, he actually, I don't know if people know this, Takeda has a cooking license, he's very passionate about cooking, and he's kind of made mention that when it's time to move on, he wants to open up a restaurant, you know, the Crazy Kid Cafe or something, who knows, right? And um, so all of these Japanese guys, they're always very aware of what they're going to do after wrestling, is what I'm trying to get at, you know. But um, I don't know how dedicated Takeda is at the moment, it really seems like he's taking just a little less bookings and kind of, you know, he's interested, you know, he's married and he's got this owl and everything. So I don't know. We'll see. But freedom's just there in a transitionary period, I believe personally. So, so, so do you think someday we could see Ian and DJ's happy lounge and grill? Um, Ian and DJ, I don't know how good of (laughs) friends they are, but, um, you know, if this was Japan, Ian Rotten would own a burger joint right now. You know, he wouldn't be promoted. And then he would Ian, do three Ian, times a year Taco he would show up, you know. Right, Ian's Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ian's. Or DJ's Disney Store. I like that. DJ's Disney Store and Ian's Taco Bell. <laughs> what would John Zandig's be? <laughs> Let's see, Zandig Zoo. I need a, you have a strip joint with a bunch of good-looking strippers. Very That's what John good Zandig would have. He's got that fucking Manchismo. That's what I see Zandig having. He's got a strip joint with a bunch of big-titted New Jersey strippers. Pardon my language. So, <laughs> what else? Let's, John see. Let's see. Feinstein would have a strip club of a different sort. What else? Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, until, until, until Catch a Predator caught him again. His strip in a, in a bathroom stall. <laughs> A lot of uh, a lot of holes in the walls. Um, yeah, glory hole, Rob yeah. Einstein. Uh, I'm trying to think what else now. Who else would be what? That's the interesting yeah, game. Kind of fun. Let's see. Danny Havoc would yeah, have uh, a hardware store. I think he kind of strikes me as a hardware store kind of guy. Hardware store. I could see that in Cylinder, Iowa. Absolutely. Where he and then the supplying time. the gimmicks to all of the different companies. You know, building barbed wire boards and stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's uh, definitely. I'm just trying to think. There's so many. I'm trying to put a good one in my mind, but I'm. Uh, <laughs> how, what do you think Kevin about, Brennan would have? Oh God! Well, Kevin Brennan would have a ill uh, a petting zoo without a license, with kids getting hurt all all of the time, and he has to change towns every every <laughs> three every three weeks. Rat- was surrounded by yeah. <laughs> right. um, Hey, I'll tell you what, Twitter listeners, uh, at me and Mike and tell us what retired deathmatch wrestler, you know, what would be their business, you know? Let's see. And yeah, then, uh, yeah, yeah, and then next week we'll read off the best ones. So, Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Um, Masada's Bar and Grill. He looks like a Bar and Grill kind of guy. Or just bar, Masada's yeah. freaking bag, shoe fights. 
Well, like he that. was also into tattooing for a while, wasn't he? No, he. I don't think he tattoos. He he built jewelry and stuff. He used to do knives okay, and stuff like that. He actually, oh, yeah, yeah, dude. Okay, artist. well then, uh, Masada's uh, South Texas Gold Exchange. There you go. Makes there sense to go. me. Yeah, he makes some cool stuff. If people haven't checked it out, he he actually put knives together and different kinds of different things. Exiled arts. You know, check out Masada's page. Awesome. Shout out to Masada. Yeah, always. Um, go through a few more little notes. Um, Kenta, Ko- or I'm sorry, Abdullah Kobayashi is out. His separated shoulder is way worse than they initially thought, um, and he is out. He's out of the. They had a big show in Osaka that he was uh, advertising the main event. He's out. He's out of the January fourth um, BJW uh, Shinkiba show. I'm sorry. Sorry. Okay. That was my bad. Hit the wrong okay. button. <laughs> I was okay. trying to look up something. I apologize. <clears throat> no problem. Um, so, uh, and then on the DDT BJW New Year's Eve Shuffle Tag Team uh, card, uh, Musashi Takeda is going to be taking his place, which I want to say one thing. I've seen this uh, uh, all-night tag team tournament. It's a five-and-a-half-hour show that goes from eight from 7.30 p.m. to 1 a.m. on New Year's Eve. I've seen it twice now, and I was... I, I wasn't keen on watching it a third time, and now Takeda's on the fucking card, so I had to go and buy a ticket, because Takeda's on the card, and I'm corny like that, so boom, I'm going to be there for the third time. Do you Um, have an owl yet? um, Do I? I do not, but I'll be honest, he makes it look kind of (laughs) fun. Will we see on your YouTube channel uh, tutorials of how to raise an owl and efficiently... I need to see if they're legal in China. I don't know about that. We'll have to see. <laughs> but um, so Kobayashi <laughs> out. Um, nobody works harder than Kobayashi. Plain and simple. He has more matches. He's he's just shot to hell. I I uh, I I told him on Twitter. I was like, uh, Hey man, sleep in, chill out. But apparently, you know, he's going to be at shows. He drives the ring truck. He handles office stuff. He ships out merchandise. You know, uh, Big Japan is very much a family in that way. All of the, re- you know, the wrestlers are the staff. But Kobayashi, he's going to be out. Um, I don't know if you have anything to, you know, I mean, obviously we've talked about Kobayashi plenty and memories and every everything. But, um, you know, uh, it's just too bad that uh, he took that fucking elbow drop off yeah. the cage, man. You know, it was brutal when he did it. Yeah, I love Kobayashi. I just did uh this last week on, uh, I want to say, Friday, I, I did 20 Kobayashi matches on Deathmatch Call. We called it Crazy Kobayashi Day. And uh, we put on, you know, amazing, you know, him and Sasuke, him and Ito's numerous matches, him and Takeda from this year, you know, 445 light tubes, 430 light tubes, 450 light tubes, 10,362 light tubes. Um, we know Kobayashi likes light tubes. He's just had a lot of great stuff over the years, so um, I hope he gets well soon. Uh, he's definitely an amazing, amazing talent. And he, you know, he's one of them guys that's been to big, been big Japan from the beginning. You know, you can watch him in that crazy grocery store death match. It's very bizarre where uh, Kendo Nagasaki shaves them all after. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, that, that'll be on of the course, call. yeah. Too. It also had like uh, Yamakawa, Kobayashi. Uh, I'm trying to think, it, it was four of them, but they that 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 is a wild brawl, no doubt about it. 
It was, it was interesting. They did some crazy stuff in Big Japan early on. Uh, I mean, there's a barbed wire, no rope barbed wire match with Greg the Hammer Valentine. I've posted on the page before. If people haven't seen it. Um, actually, this Wednesday, we're doing 90s Wacky Day on the Deathmatch Call. We'll be putting wing matches. Uh, in Japan, FM. The wackier, the better. We're going to have the house death match. We're going to have the, the bathhouse death match. We're going to have the. Uh, be careful that that doesn't get wing- the page taken down, man. <laughs> I've it's a censored version. Okay, okay. Um, censored version. You've also got to Most, put in the uh, the Big Japan, the Big Born Crisis death match as well, where they have like twenty eight stipulations. Same. Yep, I already have that ready to go. Yes. Uh, hopefully, DJ won't reach out the wing. They're, they're already closed their doors. And I did Big Japan, so she, she should be okay. But uh, I don't get a note from the team in Japan. You know um, what's kind of strange is on CCW Studios. They have a couple freedom shows on there, and they yeah. might even have some some big Japan shows. I wonder about the legality of all that. You know, it's I don't give a shit, but you know, he's coming after people for posting copyrighted footage. Motherfucker, look at your back door. So yeah. I might have that team look into that. The team, I don't know who the team is, but I just my new thing. <laughs> Whenever I the, message anybody, it's gonna be Steven. The team and I will be ready to do the the podcast. <laughs> At fucking eleven thirty one, and the team is very unhappy. I'm holding the team back. You're just lucky that the team isn't. I don't know who's on the team, but when I find out, they're uh, so again. I want to apologize to the team. Um, I'd like to send you guys Christmas cards, maybe a carrot cake, um, something nice like that. I wish the team happy Christmas. I'm sure Maven's on the team. I don't know who else is on the team, but uh, God bless you, and I hope Santa Claus gives you everything you want this year. No. Um, okay, uh, a couple other little notes. Uh, Tarzan Goto had a return match December 9th. Um, I posted some photos. There's some photos online. It was not attended by a lot of people. Um, oh, was and, it? Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing 90 people or so, right? Um, uh, it I heard fun. even I'm sorry, go on. Yeah, I heard even less. Mm. I heard it was like in the 50s, but... Was it at Shinkiba? It was. It was where they did the Stardom Idol Show. Okay. The same arena that Onita did. Uh, uh, and I know there's still some beef there, you know. It wasn't so I heard a lot of the boys wouldn't work the show either. Mm. Yeah, I mean, um, so, yeah, the undercard was like nobody. So what happens is a lot of times I was messaging uh, someone that I know, he went to it and he was posting photos. And I messaged him like, hey, can you give me results from the, the show? And I've had this before where they say, oh, you know, the undercard guys, they're just kind of guys. They're like maybe trainees or retired guys who didn't have a big career. And, you know, guys who wrestled five years ago. And they say, oh, I'll come back for one more match and stuff. And they don't – they want it to be held private. You know, like, for instance, uh, Masa, uh, Masahori – you know, he was the uh, the famous photographer, and he had that amazing website and everything. He um, um, he used to have a front row, middle seat for every every Kurokan Hall show on hold for him if he ever wanted it. Well, he gave that up about a year ago, um, and now he sits in the stands because he didn't want to be on tell. You know, he's a he's a he. He works for the Japanese Tax Bureau now, and he didn't want to be on camera getting drunk and having fun with, you know, like, it, it's, it's a bad look over there. So sometimes guys will be like, oh, I'm not a full-time wrestler. I don't want it publicized that I did this. So that's why there's no results from the show. Um, 
But Tarzan Goto, I'll be honest, I mean, he had gray hair and everything, but he didn't. Yeah. And these are still photos, but he looked like Tarzan Goto, you know? Yeah, the pictures look cool. I saw the pictures you had on Twitter. Uh, cool. I'd love to see Tarzan Goto and Matt Fremont. Yeah. W. GCW. Make it yeah. happen. I see it. I think that would be cool. I was just watching uh, Tarzan Goto and Terry Falk. Uh, the other day, a really enjoyable match. And I love Tarzan Goto's uh, stuff, you know. It's FMW, then his stuff, he did a couple matches in BJW, when he did his stuff in IWA. I always thought it was cool. I saw him at one of these W shows live, too. Yeah. And, uh thought it was cool. Tarzan um, I, Goto. I was always a big Tarzan Goto fan as well. He almost wrestles in that early Ma- Masada way where... There's moves and pile drivers and suplexes, but then there's those heat spots where he's stabbing and he's gouging and he's, you know, his yeah. matches look really yeah. brutal, especially the post uh, FMW matches, you know. So absolutely, you know, he's a guy too. He's not your typical Japanese wrestler. He's got that kind of big frame and he looks like a badass. You know, he's uh, definitely. Uh, I enjoyed some of his stuff he did in War too. I liked his matchup he had with uh, Tenro. At the the fifth anniversary war show, I thought it was a really good matchup. You know, he floated around all over for a while. You know, he did stuff in BJW and IWA Japan and, and War and a bunch of uh, you know indie. And there's an indie promotion. He did in Tokyo Pro. He did a couple matches uh, for ECW. Uh, he took on Axel Rot at Heatwave '96, and then he took on Axel Rot. And next one night, I saw the Axel Rot match at the ECW Arena. I thought it was cool. Um, like I said, he was with Tokyo Pro. He's kind of a journeyman. He's just been here and there and everywhere. Well, there's a fine line between journeyman and bridge burner, but um, anyway. Well, uh, right. I understand. Yeah. Um, I want to go over some BJW. I'm sorry. I was going to ask you. He's got a lot of heat still, doesn't he, in the Japanese wrestling world? Well, the guy to ask, you know, you should ask uh, uh, Brett for the Kawasaki Dreaming Show, which episode two is going to be out this week in the next day or two. Um, yeah, so we have a lot of stuff going on podcast-wise. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, you got to ask Brett about that. You know, Tarzan Goto was a guy who he wanted to be the star of the companies he was in. Right. And, you know, um, the companies he was in felt the, you know, he would come in and have mileage, but then the mileage would wear off and he just kept climbing down the tree, you know? And now, um, he's married. He lives a very, very humble, anonymous life. He owns a little cafe or bar or something. I was, I, I, I don't really know what they did with that Shinkiba show. I thought, oh, okay, they're going to pump up this show. He'll draw 200 fans and have just, you know, and walk away with a couple grand to buy a car or something, or, you know, to put a down payment on something, right? But if they only drew 50 fans, I mean, that's break-even numbers, you know? And, um, or maybe, hey, maybe it was some sponsor, some Kevin Brennan-style, you know, I don't want to say, what's the polite term for money, Mark? Enthusiastic fan or something? Right, Wealthy right. enthusiast, I guess? Um... Uh, you know, maybe it was some wealthy enthusiast wanted to see another Tarzan Goto match before it was too late. Maybe that was the case. I don't know. But, um, you know, but that, that that would definitely be a good topic to talk to Brett about, actually. I'll make that in my notes. Cool. It'll be a Kawasaki Dream in episode three, end of the month. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Uh, some BJW core notes uh, for anybody who happens to have the service. I want to say really quickly. Uh, so they put up the November 27th Kurokin Hall match. Um 
This was the card with the uh, the, the cage match that Kobayashi came off the cage and, you know, fucked his arm up. Um, on the undercard, they had uh, Takahashi and Sakuda taking on Takeda and Tsukamoto. Um, you know, this was to build up the uh, the January 1st uh, title defense that, that they're going to run. Um Takahashi is using this gimmick where he brings out a bag of, like, gravel and tiny stones and pours it on a board and they bump into it. This sucks. This is, like, it doesn't look cool whatsoever. I'm sure it hurts to bump on and it's dirty. And it and it's, and it's every time I see it, I'm like, oh, great, that's the alpha weapon. You know, we aren't going to see this or that. We're going to see this gravel. Bag yeah, bag of rocks, you know. Like, I don't know, whatever. Not, not a good um, visual thing, Carpet strips. Carpet strips probably hurt, but they're not a good visual weapon. Yeah. I always compare it to luge. One time my friend was trying to tell me how cool fucking uh, luge is, you know, the ice luge, and I, I used mm -hmm. wrestling as my example. I was like, you know, IWA Mid-South, they did a match where they strung light bulbs on the, the, the ropes. They were burning each other with the, the light bulbs. I bet those light bulbs hurt like hell. It's boring as shit to watch. So... Right my opinion um let's see then they had the uh the cage match ito and sakin against kobayashi and uh uto um they got rid of the tubes immediately the first spot of the match they all started grabbing as many tubes as possible and just throwing them and breaking them so they got rid of the, the tubes immediately and kobayashi was out the entire match they tied him to the ropes they beat him down you know it's that old school way of getting a guy out of the match you you, you just tie him up and, and put him you know, he's stuck between the cage and the ropes, but Kobayashi was out the entire match. It was honestly pretty boring and really lackluster. And um, then Kobayashi hitting an elbow drop is being very kind. He climbed the, the cage and then fell off it. Is to, you know, if you want to know the honest truth of it. I mean, these guys are old, man. Like, and, and God bless them, but they shouldn't, you know, Kobayashi shouldn't be... You wouldn't want to see Mick Foley taking another Hell in the Cell bump, you know? Like, it just wouldn't, you know, whatever. Um, but uh, a couple upcoming cards on January 13th. You know what? I've actually got to look this up really quickly because... So, I don't... Let me look up the exact days here. Um, uh, one second. So, on January 13th and 14th, they're celebrating the 20th anniversaries of Sekimoto and Ito. Sekimoto, um, he's going to challenge for the, ta the, the tag titles. He hasn't announced his partner yet. And um, Ito is going to have a uh, main event deathmatch uh, challenging for the the winner of the uh, the deathmatch title. So, he's either going to take on Sukimoto or Takahashi on that day. I just kind of want to get the dates right for my own personal mind's sake. Um... Does it surprise you that after losing to Takeda so recently, Ito is right back for another uh, title shot without really any kind of solo buildup? Well, real quick, so uh, that's going to be on the 14th. It's going to be called M Mortal Kombat Dragon Blood. So cool. Um, yeah. Am I surprised? I'm not surprised. I mean, Ito is like, you know, John Cena could lose to the, to the big show on SmackDown and then challenge for the title on the pay-per-view. You know, when you've been around that, that long, and plus... The Japanese are very much about. This is a celebration of his twentieth anniversary. You know, they're 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 very big on it. I don't think anybody expects him to win, but it's all of the fans who have been fans of Ito for twenty years are able to come buy a commemorative shirt, pay five hundred yen for a photo meet 
meet and greet. They're not going to be able to throw streamers because they don't throw streamers during the death matches. But it's just a celebration of his career more than anything. It would be like, um, you know, when, um, uh, who was it, Tenryu had his retirement match against Okada. That's not a competitive match. No one takes it seriously, but people just want to see Tenryu have the big match. That's all, you know, so, yeah. Um, It's not a serious match. It's just a celebration of Ito's career more than anything, you know. Um, right. what else? I'm trying to think. Is there anything else in Big Japan going on? Oh, I did want to mention one one more thing on the Bloody Christmas card. Kenji Fukumoto is going to take on uh, Sakuda, um, which um, you know, it's really cool seeing a, a Big Japan wrestler on Freedoms, obviously. And Sakuda's a guy who, you know, he watches a lot of American death matches. He's really into American death matches, and he's. He's a dude who's kind of itching for that breakout. And um, I think Freedoms is actually a good place for him to have that breakout. So good for him. Um, that's all I got for Big Japan. I just want to double check everything because we're just about done. Um, anything that you want to say about uh, the Japanese stuff? Uh, no. Uh, obviously, uh, some good stuff coming up. Uh, I look forward to watching the... Freedom's Bloody Christmas show. Obviously, you'll be there, and I'll watch it as soon as I can online. And uh, I look forward to uh, seeing what's going to come next year in Japan, what's going to bring in some new talent or whatnot. Obviously, it spice things up. I think it's going to be an interesting year. Yeah, and just so people know, it's going to air off. Uh, uh, Bloody Christmas is going to air January 4th on Samurai TV, not Nico Nico. Because if it's on Nico Nico, it's just a one camera shot. You know what I mean? Um, with Samurai TV, you're getting four cameras, awesome editing, you know, great sound mixing. With Nico Nico, it's really like, God, like, it's like some high school kids running the school play, you know. But with with Samurai TV, you get the full presentation. So that'll air January 4th. Uh, Priori Dream on Twitter, they're going to put it up. Oh, one more let me bring up her Twitter. There's a, a girl on Twitter. Um, she's been she she's lived in Japan for several years. Her name is Michelle. You can find her on Twitter at um, I I, I want to get it right. She has a very specific Twitter name. Okay, per Su. I'm gonna spell this. P U R O R E S U E I K A I W A. Um. She uh she's been in Japan for several several years. She's she she's pretty fluent in the language and she translates um stuff for fun. She went to that um uh gay themed love affair uh show that had Takeda on it and she did a write up of it. So anybody who's curious about it, um it was basically a gay soap opera in a wrestling ring, was basically what it was. But if you want to read anything, you can go to her Twitter and then go to her blog and you can find a write-up of that show and a lot of other stuff. She goes to pretty much, she goes to ninety percent of the DDT shows. She goes to a lot of the big, uh, the bigger BJW agent. You know, she's she goes to probably 10, 15 shows a month. You know, in the Tokyo area. Uh-huh. So if you're ever curious about Japan, she's a really great person to follow on Twitter for like. Uh, she actually just went to the uh, the Gambear Pro. Um, and, well, since we're talking about it, sorry if I'm boring you with all this stuff. Like, there's just a lot going on, and we haven't talked in like two weeks. But, um, oh, not boring me at all. All right, cool. Uh, so, Gambear Pro, they ran a show on December 16th in Kur- in Kuroken Hall. The main event was uh, Minoru Fujita defeating Ken Ken Oka in a no rope barbed wire death match. 
Gambit Pro is a a DDT sub brand, and so you can actually watch this match on on the DDT World, which I want to say really quickly. DDT World or DT Universe or whatever, their online streaming service is without a doubt, pound for pound, the best streaming service you can invest money in. There's 20 shows a month. You're getting shows from five different companies. Tokyo Joshi Pro, Basara, DDT, which DDT is really top of the line Japanese wrestling, Gambare Pro, and some other stuff. Um, they upload stuff every two days. There's a show. They have live streaming which BJW Core obviously does not have because they have contracts with other with other companies. So, you know, um, the DDT universe or whatever, if you just want to watch wrestling, the DDT streaming service is really, you can't go wrong. But, so yeah, the, the Gambare Pro show, um, like I said, Minoru Fujita defeated Kenoka. Uh, Kenoka, he's had a deathmatch in the past, a light two deathmatch and some other stuff. Um, a lot of the basic barbed wire spots, draping guys on the barbed wire ropes, Minoru Fujita wrapping himself in barbed wire and coming off a ladder for the pin. Um, Minoru Fujita's a badass, yeah. you know. He flies under the radar for a lot of guys, but he's so cool. If you go to her website, uh, or not her website, her Twitter, like you said, there, I'm actually watching it right now with uh, Fujita wrapping himself in barbed wire and in a spot where he suplexed uh, the other gentleman, uh, Okaya, onto the ropes. Looks like a crazy match. Yeah, it looks cool. I mean, you know, it's it's really cool when non deathmatch companies run deathmatches because you get a, a different um, angle of how to do it. You know. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah. Um, man, I feel like I got more stuff to say. Um, okay, well, okay. My final thing I want to say is so this is probably gonna be my last episode for like probably like two weeks or so, no longer. So I leave December twenty fourth, and then I'm gonna come back January third. Um, so maybe we can do a show like uh, the Monday after January 3rd or something like that. But um, just for fun, if anybody wants to know, um, I want to go over two things really quickly. Um, Mike, let's let's talk about something really, really quickly. So how, how about this? I'm feeling really generous. I'm feeling super generous, okay, guys? Mike, I want to yeah. send one of our viewers, one of our listeners – one of our cult member, whatever, a present, okay, for free, on me, right. on me, okay? So, however you want to do it, raffle, okay, how about this? Read, Mike, how are we going to do this? I want to pick one guy, and I'm going to buy you a shirt of your choice, any size up to XL. I'm going to Freedom Shows, I'm going to BJW Shows, I'm going to 666 shows. I'm going to, you know, fan events. I'm going to all of this stuff. If you want a Kasai shirt, Takeda shirt, a BJJW shirt, if you want the Daisuke Sekimoto hard-boiled egg package, pick one piece of merchandise up to a, a price point of 35 bucks, and I will mail it to you. It takes about two to three weeks to get to you from Japan. Mike, how are we going to pick this lucky winner? I don't know. That's a great right. question. Send it to me, so I have to think about it. Think okay. About it for a minute. Um, maybe uh, I'm trying to think if they could present something, or maybe I don't know. It's a good. It's a really good question. What maybe I'm thinking could, is just retweet. Uh, our, I got it. I got it. On December 23rd, 
we are going to do a page uh, a drawing of all of our patreon members whether you support whether you subscribe for two dollars or three dollars or five dollars or whatever if you subscribe to our patreon we're gonna put your name in a hat and we're gonna draw the lucky motherfucker and I can buy you and I will buy you a shirt up to XL I can't go above XL Japanese and keep in mind an XL is like an L.5, like large plus 0.5. It's like just a little smaller than a US XL. But these are top of the line shirts. They do not fade. I've got Japanese shirts I've had for three, four years. They've been washed hundreds of times. They do not fade. So if subscribe to our Patreon, two, three, five dollars, whatever, and we're gonna put you in a hat and we're gonna do the drawing um, December uh, Sunday, because I leave on Monday. Okay? And awesome. Boom. So that's how generous I'm feeling. Uh, Mike, You do you want to talk about your award show? Oh, yes. Yes, actually. Uh, we have the second. I've got it pulled up right in front of me, actually. <laughs> we had our second uh, annual uh, Deathmatch called Hall of Death, an award show this year. Uh, real fun. Had a lot of videos from wrestlers. Um, Schlack made us an awesome uh, intro recording. Uh, Matt Tremont. Neil Diamond Cutter, Cash Nova Valentine did an awesome promo. Um, you know, uh, the Hooligans, uh, G Raver, John Wayne Murdoch. I want to thank all them, friends of the cults, cult members. Uh, you know, we presented 27 awards. It was a very international award show this year because there's been so much going on with international wrestling. We did our Hall of Fame uh, presentation. This year I included some videos. Um, next year will be even better. Um, next year, I'm actually going to break it up into Hall of Fame. It's going to be in the summer, and I'm Hall of Death. Then I'm going to do the awards show in December like I did. I'm going to make it two events. But this year, you know, we put 16 people in. It was uh, based on fan vote and admin vote. Um, I wrote up biographies and stuff. So it went off really well. I've got, you know, some of them got two, 300 likes, a few of the different things. So it's awesome that people you know, were psyched about it. They liked it last year. So did this year. Um, we put 16 people in for the Hall of Death this year. I'll just run through the list real quick. Um I do want to say one thing. Uh, if you haven't watched Big Japan Wrestling in in 2000s, check it out. Because really, we got so few votes for guys like Kobayashi and Suzaki and Namazawa. And they all should be in there for the stuff they do. Ido made it this year, which is awesome. But, I mean, it's just uh, criminally underrated that some of these guys don't get more. I mean, Kasai went in last year, of course. Nonita went in last year. But, uh, you know, just criminally underrated. So Nick Mondo was our biggest vote getter this year. Uh, and and uh, Nick Mondo actually commented on the awards, too. You know, he, thumbed, he gave us a and he wrote a nice little thing. So that was cool that uh, Nick Mondo reached out and did that. Danny Havoc made it in this year. Another uh, another guy who uh, obviously been all over the world. Uh, White Beater, CZW, you know, early CZW guy. Had some crazy-ass matches with Lobo, Gage, and Zandig. Uh, Bruce Brody made it in. Um, obviously, we always have a few old-school people. Um, Brody made the vote this year. Um, I, I really uh, I really think if Bruce Brody would have been with us, he'd have been a guy who might have been like an ECW, and I think me and you talked about that before. Uh, oh, oh yeah, and, and, and also, you know, I think he would have had a... You know, he would have definitely had a Kawasaki Stadium exploding cage match, no doubt about it. He did. He did barbed wire matches before they were popular. You know, he did some world class in Puerto Rico. So, you know, I'm a big Brody fan. Um, I always like to add with Bruder Brody. I like like to also uh, shout out to Invader One. Uh, you fucking piece of shit. 
Um, I hope a fucking house lands on you. Uh, you killed uh, one of the better wrestlers of that era, and then you got away with it. You're just a piece of shit in my mind. So I always like to include that in there. Happy holidays, you cocksucker. Um, so Bruiser Brody made it in. Uh, Drake Younger, another guy who, who quit too early, but definitely is doing great as a referee in NXT. Um, I always joke, sometimes the most talented wrestler in the ring in NXT is referee. Uh, it's nice to, to see him there. Um, another guy who made it, uh, brain damage, uh, uh, rest in peace, uh, gone way too soon, but obviously an insane matches with his partner, Deranged. And him and, I used to love to watch him and Neckle Butcher just beat the fuck out of each other. Um, their IWA East Coast matches were just uh, amazing. Anytime you want to come and say something, too, please feel free. Um, uh, J.C. Bailey, another person, no rest in peace. I met J.C. in his last match. Uh, at the Combat Zone Wrestling uh, TOD9. I hung out with him, had a few beers, talked with him. It was really cool. Um, another guy who uh, was gone too soon. Masada uh, made it in this year. Um, the way I do it, too, is I do it by years of eligibility. So, obviously, Masada and Mondo have it all made it last year. But I try to break it to, like, when you started wrestling. So, a lot of people say, oh, how come this person didn't make it? How come? Because I start, I cut off on years because I just want to put 100 people in the first year. Um, we actually increased to 16 this year. We were 10 last year. Um, so, that's kind of why there. Um, Masada uh, made it in. Another guy, one of the best, one of the best deathmatch wrestlers out there, amazing wrestler, good guy. We've interviewed him before, great, great guy, friend of the cult. Uh, Corp Robertson made it, another guy who's done a lot of stuff in IWA. You know, he's had some CZW stuff, he's wrestled in California, he's had him and Mitch Page, had those ridiculous feuds. He was one of the early IWA guys, another friend of the show. Uh, New Jack was voted in. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not a huge New Jack fan. Uh, I'm not saying I've, I've met him. He was cool when I met him. So I'm not going to say anything else at all. I'm just not a huge fan of his style. I mean, he used to get the crowd psyched up in ECW, and I saw him a bunch of times, so it's cool that he got in. But, uh, you know, definitely, uh, you know, you can only watch him smashing guitars and shit on people's heads so many times to the to that one song. You're going to get sold after a while. Um, Klein, another guy, vastly underrated. Um Oh, man, that fucking matchup he had in 2004 with the Necro Butcher. Just one of the best death matches I think ever. So fucking insane. The VCR and its craziness. You know, in 2005, too, with him and JC and Necro, they fucking just destroyed each other. I used, and him and Necro coming out for, you know, tournaments with no fucking shoes on, barefoot. When it wasn't even a stipulation. Um, number 12, uh, rest in peace, Mr. Pogo. Should have got in last year. Uh, but another guy who obviously he was you know Onita's you know Onita's biggest rivals and him and Matsunaga had amazing feuds many many years before that he wrestled under different personas in Puerto Rico and Central States you know all Japan he's been around for a long time you know he wrestled in Wing and obviously and did stuff in BJW it was all over um, yeah Duel Butcher made it in uh, another guy who been on the uh, scene for many many years uh started wrestling in the late 50s um really him and brody the biggest first hardcore dude i mean i've watched endless matches of theirs and always enjoy him from wwc to japan puerto rico to nwf to world-class wrestling to icw wrestling uh, they brought a big file of the country uh, just amazing, amazing stuff. Um, obviously, you're, you're hack and slash guy, but I mean, you know, he he was one of the him and Sheik were one of the uh, earlier guys doing that. Uh, first female member, well deserved, Lefisto. Uh, obviously, she doesn't do much death much, but her her run was amazing uh, when she was first in CCW. 
AEW. She was, uh, you know, she was, uh, that cage of death match was brutal. And she took fucking bumps. Her Necro Butcher match for Stranglehold was amazing. Um, always loved Lufisto. Uh, I loved her stuff with Joe Leader in Mexico. Um, uh, Princess Gay. Uh, 15, Thumbtack Jack, our first European entrant. Uh, another guy who obviously broke his back, wrestling Masada, but I really think, uh, we got robbed of many years of amazing matches. I love his matches, uh, with Drake Younger and WXW, uh, and CZW. I love his matches with Nick Gay. Um, I'll say this one time. Don't say it much, but I love his match with DJ Hyde, the one TOD. Um, <laughs> the team wasn't there, so it was a really good match. Um, but Thumbtack Jack has a great persona, and, and what he did. And then I seen uh, the Deathmatch Dragon, my Vito, um, one of the greatest uh, Deathmatch wrestlers ever. Amazing, amazing. Uh, from his match with Sahake, Takai, uh, Kobayashi, Namasawa, you know, Takeda, I mean, just uh, one of the absolute best. He did I'll kind of highlight a few of the awards, but did you have any comments on any of those, Stephen? Yeah, I know. It sounds like a, a good class. Obviously, Mondo being top of the line. You know, it's weird that Mondo has such a, sh- a, a short career. Um, right. And, uh, you know, his legacy is just everlasting, obviously. And I, I, I don't want to say it's because of one bump. I mean, it was because of a lot of stuff, you know. Um as you said, the uh, the BJW guys, Kasai, Sasaki, Numizawa, uh, Ito, Kobayashi, I mean, in the same way as Mondo, these are the guys, you know, Mondo and these guys, these are the guys who started the, um, the, the transition, man, from brawl all over the building, stabby, stabby, you know, whatever, into, hey, we're going to wrestle fast. We're going to hit big moves. We're going to incorporate weapons into our moves. You know, and Mondo was right there with those guys. And, yeah, I agree completely. I mean, I think Sasaki, Ito, Kobayashi, and Numazawa, that's the four pillars, man. Like, that's the uh, Kobashi, Misawa, Tawe, and, you know, Kawada. Those four guys are the four pillars of fucking deathmatch, you know, of modern deathmatch wrestling in my opinion and um people just you know they didn't see it so it's not on their mind but you know it's a fan vote so you gotta go you know you can't say too much after that but in my opinion i mean those guys deserve i mean they they deserve as much credit as you can get especially now that all four of them are are white you know shit we just talked about kasai is looking rough numazawa is obviously on his way out i mean he's you know he hasn't had matches in the I don't think he's wrestled since that Sumo Hall show. Um, like he, he might be done. Like we might see the Numazawa retirement match in the the next couple months, and then Ito, you know, Ito's looking. He's looking like Ito. You know, he's looking bad. And like those four guys. I mean, all of the death matches that we have right now that that we look back on with you know Drake Younger and J.C. Bailey, and even now with Takeda and Gage and Crane and 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 you know. All of those guys owe a debt to those four guys in the way they changed the way the way deathmatch wrestling was worked. So that you know, that's the only thing I gotta say. Um, uh, yeah, nothing else much to say. Uh, the fans voted. Sounds like a pretty good class, you know. Um, so yeah, that's all I got to really say about it. I'm gonna talk about a few of the awards too. I'm just gonna kind of highlight through. Yeah. Um, this year we went from uh, 15 awards to 70 because there's so much international. So I'm not gonna name the top five. Or I'll go through and announce the winners real quick. 
um, because, you know, I put a lot of time into this. It was like my year-long project. I watched all these matches. <laughs> I have hundreds and hundreds of matches or clips. Or uh, I kept track of them. I put them on a vote. I mean, there are some things where I had to narrow them down myself because you could choose from 40 or 50 matches. So it's kind of like my labor of love. Um, first award was for Japanese uh, Tag Team Death Match of the Year because um, I, I feel it really had to separate the tag and singles because there, there, there are so many great singles and tag matches. Uh, Daisuke Masake and Violento Jack um, against Kasai and uh, Sasaki won that's from the Freedom Show with a pretty pretty big amount of the vote. Um, was that my favorite tag match? I, I kind of enjoyed Kobayashi and Udo against uh, the Yankee Tukajing uh, from the from September Show and the Crazy Lovers um, against the, uh, the third generation Chimurda Brothers from BJW. But it was a good match still, you know. Um, what are your thoughts on that? It's like different kinds of matches, you know, like there's not, um, there was no, I don't know if you want to include six-man matches, but there was a six-man uh, main event from um, uh, uh, Freedoms back in maybe like May that was out of this world fantastic, but me personally, I mean, it's got to be uh, Takeda and Tsukamoto against Kodaka and Miyamoto, I mean, that that's everything you would think it would be, you know? That was not true. Uh, so I'm surprised that didn't get it, but but the other it out. I know that we did have a six man make it, uh, but it was the one from Freedoms in the top five. It was fucking Moto Takata and Fujita against Seiko Play Medeo and Violento Jack. Yeah, yeah. From the one show, but I agree with you. Um, I thought that would have been that was why I voted for. Uh, it came in number two, but now our next award was for International Deathmatch Tag Team of the Year. Um, La Mavios won uh, Seiko Play. And uh, Medeo Extremo, uh, Violence of Jack, and uh, Masoko came in second. Uh, there's, you know, some other uh, ties down the road. Uh, I mean, you know, most of the Japanese team. I know the Lafantos made it in. Uh, Draco and uh, Negro Jr. came in number five from Zona 23. But uh, I don't think that's a bad choice. Uh, you know, they just have a lot of stuff in Mexico and Japan. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? Um, there's nobody else for it. I mean, you could say Takeda and... Takeda and Tsukamoto, uh, you know, but they, you know, they were just, you know, they're just in Japan, so it's a little off the radar for some people, and they didn't have that many big defenses, but Cyclope and fucking Yeto Extreme, I mean, you know, those dudes are, people love those guys, people want those guys back, you know, it's just, the visa situation yeah. is rough, and they can't come back at the moment, but I mean, those guys are superstars, they went into AAA, Made a statement. Yep. They're 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 back in freedoms, ready to make statements. They won those tag titles. They you know they've had matches against each other, um, in GCW and DTU and other companies. They had. I mean, those dudes are fucking superstars. And as soon as, you know, as soon as this and that happens, and they can get back to GCW. I'm sorry, but GCW is without a doubt the biggest spotlight in death mat. You know, in death matches. They are going to take over the world, man. Like, those dudes are just ready for that fucking, to take a big bite of that steak, you know? Absolutely. Our third award was for overall uh, Deathmatch Wrestler of the Year. Um, without a doubt, Takeda won. Um, no one else should have. Um, G. Raver came in second. Actually, G. Raver led it for quite a while. Uh, you know, fans voted G. Raver in second. He did win three tournaments, um, you know. And in, in, uh, in the last 18 months, uh, Schlack came in third. Uh, John Wayne Murdoch came in fourth. And then Ricky Shane Page 
came in fifth. Um, I kind of think it's better than Ricky Shane Page, but I definitely think Takeda should have won that. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, there's no doubt about it. You know, people don't even, you know, you factor in the the big the big um, title matches he's had. He had the, you know, we've gone over him a, a thousand times, right? But then you factor in all of the tag matches he's had. I mean, let me just bring it up for fun. I want to bring it up really quickly for fun. Sashi Takeda. I know that you use wrestling data, but I'm still stuck on using cage match for some stupid reason. But I just want to see how many matches Takeda's had this year. It's got to be like 80 or 90. I'm just curious. Um, I'm sorry? Death match? Death matches? No, no. Well, just matches, and then we can kind of like see after that. Well, death, me... death matches were 81. <laughs> I've had... already looked it up. So he had 105 matches, 81 yeah. death matches... A, a lot of yep. them tags, but still, come on, man. Yep. I mean, no offense to anybody. Who the fuck even comes close to that? And then you factor in the you know the main event singles matches against Kasai and Tsukamoto and the match against um, uh, uh, Alex. You know, and like it's like, come yep. on, it's a no brainer. No brainer. Nobody comes Absolutely. close. Absolutely. Um, our next match was for Breakout Death Match Star of the Year. Um, Casanova Valentine won. Scopley uh, came in second. Uh, J.C. Rotten came in third. Mance Warner came in fourth. And then Oren Vedic came in fifth. Um, I think uh, Casanova is a great promoter himself. Um, he's taken on the internet. He's done this no-ring match for people ripping him off. Um, Scopley, too, had a great year. But I, I could see Casanova, why he won that. You know, he made Vice in the documentary this year. He had a great year. You know, as you were going through it, and, and you said, because, uh, 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 you know, when you said that he won just now, in my head, I was like, dude, Oren Vedit is right there. And then you go over Mance Warner and all the other guys. This was really big year. I mean, this was a tough call, but you know what? It really does show, no offense to Casanova. I mean, me and Casanova talk on Twitter, and he's such a, a cool guy. But, you know, he's not the, uh, you know, he's not having Cage of Death main e events. So it really shows you guys... Anybody listening to this who wants to be the guy, whether you wrestle death matches or whatever, guys, can you imagine going back in time to 1997 when guys had to make their own VHS compilations to send to promoters in Timbuktu to maybe get one match? Motherfucker, you guys have access to Twitter and YouTube. You have camera phones. You know, uh, uh, computers are installed with movie editing software. We were talking to Schlack about about his promos and stuff. Casanova is everywhere. He is somebody because he's taken over Twitter in, in that. And he's got the Boulevard Bullies promoting him nonstop. And those dudes have their own thing going on. Like, guys, if you're not cutting promos and you're not uploading your, your matches and you're not getting eyeballs on you, that's your fault. Casanova killed it this year in that respect. Absolutely, he uh, definitely without a doubt an award without a doubt. Okay, uh, the next award is for inspirational, uh, you know, wrestler moment of the year. Um, Adam Mueller won it without a doubt, uh, sixty-one percent of the votes, uh, just because you know fighting cancer and having the benefit show. So we talked a lot about Adam earlier, but uh, you know, great guy. There was a GoFundMe, and I'll support him. Uh, fighting right now and he's just a really good guy 
Our sixth award was for Women's Deathmatch Wrestler of the Year. Uh, Sage Sin uh, won by taking out. Uh, Ludark Chatain came in second. Uh, Amazing Maria was third. Maria Manic was fourth. Then there was a Lufisto. Hardcore things this year was five. Um, thoughts on that? Oops. Whoops. Okay. Am I... Can you hear me? Okay, cool. Um, yeah, sounds about right yeah. to me. Just lines up the same way I would probably have it. Okay. Uh, next award. That was the second year stage one that worked for. Uh, seventh award was overall international deathmatch wrestler of the year. Uh, again, 47% vote to Kata. Um, Dale came in second, which is interesting. Uh, Ludar Chatain came in third. Sequel play came in fourth. And Jimmy Havoc came in fifth. Uh, really... We talked about it earlier. I mean, you gotta go with Takeda. Um, another new category had was the European Australia Death Match of the Year. Uh, the winner was the four way from Project Mayhem with Drew Parker, Ricky Shane Page, Clint Margera, and Jimmy Havoc. Um, I'm not gonna go through all the other matches. There was a, you know, Janela and Havoc and Progress and Tremont and Havoc and IPW. But did you see that Project Mayhem match? It was a pretty wild match. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. Did you have any other European match you thought that might have been better than that, or? I mean, there, you know, the um, uh, the Jimmy Havoc. Oh God, I can't remember who his opponent was, but it was the one at the Wembley Stadium uh, place. Uh, who was his Robinson. opponent? All Robinson came in number four. I mean, if on the Meltzer scale, I'm sure that was a better match, but the four way death match. I mean, that was just balls to the wall, flame and glass, scaffolds. You know, I mean, that was just an insane match. So yeah. Absolutely. Our ninth award was for the holy shit of the year. Um, John made Destroyer on G-Raver uh, from the top of the uh, higher elevated thing there in VOW. Uh, the second one was Sack and Jimmy Lloyd. I kind of think that might have been because I've never seen a tourist. Uh, and then uh, also Sequel Play and uh, Hitting the Sickening Suplex on G-Raver came in third. I guess if you want to go for all um, allies and burning down the ring for his opponent, and the slack You know, one thing that I think um, really shows, like, if you if people don't see it, they just don't care. Man, I think about that Canadian, or, well, that, the, you know, the Deep South Destroyer that John Wayne Murdoch gave at that Primo's Deathmatch tournament off the balcony. Right. You know, like 18 feet from the balcony right. to the ring. Second story. Okay, I'll, I'll just do the top for one or two. Uh, sure. Our 10th for, for Best International Promotion, uh, Freedoms won. Uh, Zones came in second. Uh, probably up there. I'll be honest, I, I thought Big Japan had better big matches this year than Freedoms. What's your Um, I mean, yeah, because you had the Takeda Reign, and, you know, Freedoms runs sporadically. I think Freedoms just has a better um, aura. I think, you know, Big Japan kind of right. comes off as somewhat corporate sometimes, but guys, come on, man, Big Japan does nothing but... You know, it's just deathmatch mania over there. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, Big Japan, you know, they're running 10, 15 shows a month, whereas Freedoms might run four, you know, and they're only doing a big Kurokin Hall show once every two months or so. You know, they only do five or six of those per year. And, um, 
so yeah, I would say that Big Japan, in my eyes, really should have won that. Um, as far as the Mexican stuff, again, man, people have been watching those Zona 23 you know, highlight reels on Facebook, and it just put them over the top. I mean, like, that shit is out of this world, so that's why they rank so high, obviously. The next award is Best American Promotion. Uh, GCW, 40%. H2O uh, came in second. Uh, no, GCW all the time. Uh, they should have had that ahead of them. Our MVP, I always look at a five-year MVP. 2013-2018 uh, was next to um, very fair. We won a lot of tournaments when we're very down home on his back. So our 13th award, uh, Japanese Deathmatch Wrestler, uh, 55% Takeda. Again, uh, not a surprise. Uh, Kasai came in second. Uh, so that's uh, definitely uh, our our next was Mexican Deathmatch, uh, Tag Team Deathmatch of the Year. Uh, interesting enough, uh, it was uh, excuse me, Mexican Deathmatch of the Year. It was a tag team match that went. It was Eric Ryan, Bucky Moto, and G Raver against Pico Play, Medeo, and Violento Jack from the com- combined GCW uh, DC usual. Did you see that match? I, I I saw cell phone video highlights of it. Is all I really saw from it. But I I was able to see parts of it. Yeah. And okay, and yeah, it was, it was match. yeah, it was a good match. Indeed. You know, it was yeah, it was that standard. Um, you know, it was that Japanese formula of how to work a six man match. You know. Sure, sure. The next three matches were all Zona matches. I'm not going to go into them all, but that was uh, that was that. Uh, the 15th is uh, for uh, Mexican Deathmatch Wrestler of the Year. Sico uh, Play won, uh, followed by Medeo, Ludark, Crazy King, and Leviathan. Um, they they competed more this year, so I could see. I mean, there's definitely uh, there's a lot of other votes too in that category. Uh, our 16th award was for Tag Team Match of the Year. This was the American Tag Team of the Year. Uh, the Hooligans. Neil Cutter against Aiden Blackheart, Jake Garvin, and Chetu Jin. We talked about this before. It was like a fucking war zone. Would you agree with that? Um, oh, of course. I mean, that, that whole company's a war zone at this point. Yeah, that match was just a war zone. Uh, the, next, the next one was uh, Lamazios against the Young Dragons against the uh, Rejects, Maida Dre, which was an amazing, amazing match, too. And uh, come back to the year. I, I, uh, I didn't get to see that match. That was in IWA at the Guardians of Hardcore. Yeah, watch it. I I, I could probably, oh boy, it was probably better than. I hate to say that the match, the the, the, the VOW match was great. The only thing that sucked was camera work because they missed a lot of spots. But when I watched it and I first watched it, I, I said it was the greatest death match tag team match I've ever watched. Until I fell initially. Um. Next award, a comeback of the year, Neil Diamondbacker, uh, dysfunction, very close. Uh, definitely NDC, you know, he was in head of way mid-south, he's done here and there, BOW, so that's cool. Uh, women's Deathmatch of the year, uh, Sage Shin and Mickey Knuckles from the Resistance show. Um, eh, I don't know. I thought Ludark and Sage was, was pretty good from Goddess of Gore. It didn't get hardly any votes. I thought Ludark and Mickey Knuckles was pretty good also from the resistance. Um, 19th award, best non-tournament show, uh, GCW Untouchables. Uh, your thoughts? Absolutely. This is my pick for show of the year. Um, better than any tournament. I thought it was better than TOS, better than NGI, better than... Um, I agree. 
I mean, this was my de- you know deathmatch show of the year from top to bottom, without a doubt. It had uh, Schlack and, and Eric Ryan, which is my, um, you know, that was probably like my third favorite match after a couple Japanese things, but like that was probably my favorite American, two American guys deathmatch, mm-hmm. you know, and then you had... Yeah, that was amazing. You know, George, you know, George Janela and uh, Ciclope yep. and Gage and Crane. I mean, that was the best show. Yep, absolutely. Uh, the next award was for Best Newcomer of the Year. Orrin Bennett won that. Uh, behind, 50% of the vote. Behind him was Big Joe uh, from England and then Maria Manic. There were some others behind that. But uh, I would say that Orrin Bennett, Best Newcomer, is a pretty good choice. Yeah, and 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 Big Joe again, you know, it just shows that um, yep. um, you just get on social media and get your, you know, get eyeballs on you. That's all, man. Absolutely. Uh, next award, uh, we were wrapping up. We have seven more to go. A uh, deathmatch uh, tag team of the year, American deathmatch team of the year, because they competed in America uh, early on. They won GCW tag titles. Uh, Modulus won that award too. Uh, they were followed up closely by the Rejects. You know, pretty much, they they you know they won. They had the matches there. They deserved it. Twenty uh, second award, Japanese Death Match of the Year. Twenty uh, percent of uh, Takeda and Kudaka. I think was probably the best Japanese. You could argue that it was Takeda and Kasai, but it's a coin flip. They're both yep. amazing matches for different reasons. Sure, that was in the top five also, and Kobayashi and Takeda was in the top five. Violent and Jack and Takeda was in the top five, so they should name it the Takeda Award, I guess, next year. Uh, 23rd was for Deathmatch Finals of the Year. Boy, I disagree with this one, uh, but 29% of the people voted. Uh, Nick Gage and Ricky Shane Page won. Mm-hmm. What's your okay. thought? I didn't even like that match, to be honest. Um yeah. You know, like the you know, there were issues with the gimmicks. I mean, I I could talk about it for a while, but um, uh, you know, I'll be honest. This wasn't a great year for finals. You had uh, uh, you know, I thought that that Ciclope and Miedo Extremo, you know, they they had a good match, but it was a little rushed, yeah. a little fast because of the building they were in. Yeah. You had the four way finals um of the NGI, which that was number you know, two. Which yeah, and, and and that's cool, but you know, obviously, you want the one on one, you yep. want the drama and stuff. So I can see, I, I can see why that didn't win. Um, maybe it was just a coalescing of all of these different factors, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of voting this year all over. Uh, Orin Vedit and Cody Rice got number three for the uh, Insane Eight. Uh, G River Murdoch Angel and Jimmy Lloyd. From OPW, got number four. Then actually a Mexican match, um, because I have a lot of Mexican fans of the cult. We, much love to them. We actually are 600 Mexican members of our cult. Uh, they've had Ludar, Headhunter, and uh, Sakito, number five. So it was interesting. Uh, 24th, uh, Deathmatch Tournament of the Year, NGI one. Um, Insane. TOD came at number four. VOW came number three. Um, I'm a bit uh, surprised that TOD was that far I, far down. I agree with you. Um, I think, but at least it should have been two, maybe one. Yeah, yeah I think it's that stigma of TZW. It's too bad because it's probably the best TOD in four years. 
in my opinion. Maybe longer. Uh, I, I enjoyed. It wasn't a match. I, I hated it all. I, I enjoyed all the matches. And I enjoyed the non-tournament show. Twenty fifth award, uh, non-tournament death match of the year, uh, because it run from December to December. Uh, Matt Tremont, and Nick Gage from Ready to Die. Uh, number two was Slack and Eric Ryan from Untouchables. Chico playing Eric Ryan from Worst Behaviors. Number three, uh, Marcus Crane and Oren Vedit from ICW. July was number seven. And then Chico play and G Raider from Hit Him Up was number four. Um, yeah, sounds about right. So I, I could yeah. see Slack Ryan being number one. I mean, I've already really like match. I've already talked about this forever. I think that match rocked, you know. But everyone's a little different. I like that big slugger match. I just like that stuff. And but sure. I can, you know, the fans voted. But that's a good list. Uh, but this is one of the best years for it. So there was Absolutely. a lot of stuff to pick. Obviously. Absolutely, I think Seiko playing Eric Ryan was amazing. I thought that was a amazing match. Um, I could have bored that for my match here. That was just like a all Japan meets plunder match. Twenty uh, sixth word uh, intergender because we had so much uh, intergender wrestling. Uh, Sage Sin and Marcus Crane. Number two was Amazing Maria and, and uh, JC Rotten. Number three was Maria Manic and Brian. Number four was Sage Sin and Max X from UEW. And number five was Jimmy Havoc and Ginny from Riptide Wrestling. Thoughts? Uh, I, I, I never saw that stuff. I'm, I'm too busy with America and Japan. I just, I, I didn't see that stuff. I'm sorry. That's uh, okay. Yeah. And then our final award for non-tournament, non-finals tournament match of the year. Uh, Cologne and Takeda, uh, number one. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Duh. I mean, yep. nothing comes close. No, Absolutely. Well, that was our awards, you know. So this this next year we're going to be doing, like I said, the holiday probably in summer, and we'll do the awards show still in December. And I don't know how to do a live podcast for next year. That's my project. Uh, this year we added a lot of a lot of pictures, a lot of shout outs from referees, so it went really well. But uh, that's uh, you know, well, but looking at all. There's so much shit going on in deathmatch wrestling as you know because you write up your newsletter, everything else. There's so much shit going on. It's almost hard to keep track of all. Alright, and with that, we are just we are way over time. Um, so let's yep. wrap it up here. Um, and also, Mike, you don't know this, but you know, the connection is shaky, but we gotta work with it. But we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here. So um, as always, follow us on Twitter at INTL Wrestling on t- on on Twitter. Uh, Mike, you, you can follow Mike at uh, Will. I'm sorry, let me get up right now because Mike, your your connection is just really shaky, so I'm gonna read it off for you if that's okay. But um, you can yeah you you can find uh oh man, Twitter's so stupid. I tried <laughs> brought up Aaron Williams. I don't know who that is. Anyway, um, but you can find Mike on you know he runs various deathmatch cult pages. They do a lot of you know they put up a lot of videos, a lot of posts, a lot of polls, a lot of discussions, a lot of a lot of everything. You can find Mike on Twitter at Will Michaels nineteen seventy nine. Um, you can find, you know, my newsletter, IndieWrestlingintl.wordpress.com. And above all, if you want to support us, you can you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash deathmatchnews.com. And, or, um, wait, wait, wait. 
patreon.com slash deathmatchnews. And on December 23rd, we're going to be doing a drawing for an early birthday present, and someone's going to get a free Japanese t-shirt courtesy of moi. So, all right, guys, thank awesome. you guys so much for listening, and we will see you next week.